This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. All right, let's say Kathy's out. I'll handle the duties today. It's Tuesday, December 6th. We'll begin with this. Pennsylvania State Police is searching for a 22-year-old suspect wanted for committing several crimes early Monday morning, including an attempted homicide in Delaware County. According to police, investigators are searching for Zaki Austin of Philadelphia in connection with the crime spree. Authorities say Austin broke into a home around 1 a.m. where a man and a woman lived on Franklin Boulevard in Middletown Township, Delaware County. Austin then fled after shooting a man inside the residence, according to police. Neighbors say the victims are sweet people who are always keeping to themselves. Investigators say the victim remains hospitalized, but no further information has been released. Austin then reportedly drove to an Exxon station in West Goshen Township, Chester County. He was caught on video approaching the clerk and demanding money right at about 2.15 a.m. No shots were fired, but Austin allegedly got away with an undetermined amount of cash. Police say the vehicle Austin was driving, a 2020 Chevy Malibu, was carjacked in Philadelphia earlier in the night. And detectives say his third stop was at a mini market on Augunce Avenue in Philadelphia. And that's where Austin is accused of pulling a gun on the store clerk. But the clerk had a gun of his own and opened fire. Investigators say that Austin ran, abandoning his stolen vehicle, which was quickly impounded by Philadelphia police. Authorities do not believe that the suspect was hit by gunfire and remains on the loose. Austin is considered to be armed and dangerous, and anyone with information is asked to contact the Pennsylvania State Police Media Barracks, CIU, at 484-480-1000. This dude's a one-man crime spree. Yep. Yeah. Three people face kidnapping and assault charges in Wilmington, Delaware. Newcastle County Police were called to a home on Bardell Drive around 11.14 a.m. on Thursday, on Tuesday, no, I'm sorry, on Thursday, November 11th, uh, for the report of a kidnapping. Uh, once on the scene, they found a 22-year-old male victim who said that he had just been released by the suspects. Police say the young man had injuries to his face and body. He was taken to a local hospital for treatment. Uh, the victim told police that he was inside the home when he heard a banging sound at both the front and back doors. He said he went to check the back door. A male suspect grabbed him and pushed him to the ground. The victim said the male suspect and a female suspect then assaulted him and struck him with a stun gun. They then forced him into a car before fleeing the area. Detectives looked through surveillance footage and were able to identify the three suspects as 20-year-old Michael Penacciati and 31-year-old Sean McCullum, also 25-year-old Callie McCullum, all from Bear, Delaware. Sean McCullum was taken into custody November 11th. Callie McCullum was taken into custody a few days later on the 14th. Both were transported to police headquarters and charged. Detectives located Michael Penacciati on Friday, December 2nd. He was taken into custody with the assistance of the SWAT units following a search warrant at a home on Sheridan Drive in Newcastle. And Penacciati was issued $23,000 cash bail. He was committed uh, to the correctional institution there. Both Sean and Callie McCollum were issued $23,000 secure bail and were later released after posting. No word on why they uh, committed the kidnapping. Uh. And finally, Americans will have more time to get the real ID that they will need to board a flight or enter federal facilities. Yay! Uh, the Department of Homeland Security announced Monday an extension of the real ID deadline until May 7th, 2025. I need the real ID because I have a current ID, Preston, but I'm not sure I'm me. Uh, the deadline had been May 3rd, 2023. 
uh, but needed to be extended again due to the lingering impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, the initial implementation date had been October 1st, 2021. Yeah. So this is now pushed back four years, essentially. Yeah. Meanwhile, people are getting uh, compliant IDs as they renew, but it takes time, and the process has been slowed by the pandemic with many state agencies operating at limited capacity. They have made some provisions present to accept Kohl's credit cards. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Fortunately, you yeah. can get those pretty easily. Uh, many of these agencies took various steps in response to the pandemic, including automatically extending the ex- expiration dates of driver's licenses and identification cards uh, and shifting operations to appointment only, the DHS said, which has created backlogs. Uh, Congress passed the Real ID Act in 2005 to establish minimum security standards for state-issued driver's licenses and ID cards following a recommendation of the 9-11 Commission. Older IDs will be suitable to allow people to drive, buy liquor, or other age-related products, and gamble at casinos. Uh, Travelers also can use military IDs or passports to access flights and federal facilities. All right, sports this morning. Shortstop Trey Turner and the Phillies have agreed on an 11-year, $300 million contract. The 29-year-old Turner is considered by many to be the best power speed player in baseball. The deal, which includes a full no-trade clause and no deferred money, ties Turner to the Phillies through the 2033 season and is the 10th $300 million-plus contract in baseball history. In 2022, Turner hit uh, 298 with 21 home runs and 27 stolen bases for the L.A. Dodgers, who had acquired him at the 2021 trade deadline. The Flyers beat the Colorado Avalanche last night. They won 5-3 over the Stanley Cup champs last night in South Philly. Tony D'Angelo and Owen Tippett scored power play goals, and the Flyers held on for the win Tanner Lezinski, Travis Sanheim, and Travis Konechny also scored for the Flyers. And Carter Hart finished with 29 saves. They're at home again tomorrow night. They will play the Caps, and the puck will drop at 7.30. Uh, The Sixers, well, they lost to the Rockets. Rockets uh, falling 132 to 123 in double overtime last night in Houston. Uh, Jalen Green scored 27 points. Kevin Porter Jr. added 24 to lead the Rockets to the win. In his first game back from injury, though, James Harden had 21 points. Uh, but he shot only four from 19 from the field. It was his first game since November 2nd. The Sixers are off until Friday. We'll be back home to host LeBron James and the L.A. Lakers. Tip-off will be at 7.30. And finally, in Monday Night Football, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers beat the New Orleans Saints last night in Tampa Bay. Well, Brady threw a pair of touchdown passes in the final three minutes. Okay. To help the Bucs come back from a 13-point deficit. To get the win. That's crazy. I mean, that's huge for us. I mean, it, it has implications for us that, you know, we, we get the Saints draft pick. But when well, I went to sleep last night, they were down by 13 points. It's amazing. And I thought that game was over. Wow. Yeah. No, apparently it's uh, this has only happened a couple times in the NFL in the last three minutes by that, uh, that much of a deficit. Brady led scoring drives of 91 and 63 yards. 
and also helped the Bucks get back to 500 with a record of six and six. Yo, bitches, that's sports this yeah. morning. What's up? What's up? I think that's going to be my tagline. Yo, bitches. Like I, yo, yo uh, bitches. Yeah. That's what's up in sports this <laughs> that's morning. That's it. You think you got got, it. Is that going to ring to Put it? Put on a shirt. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Uh, good morning to everyone and welcome to Tuesday. Tat Tuesday, mind you. So we have a chance for you to win a $350 gift certificate for Floating World Tattoo and Piercing. Uh, they're on uh, South Street, 1729 uh, is where you find them exactly. But you can check out their artwork, floatingworldtattoos.com, and also on Instagram, at floatingworldtattoos. But uh, text the word tattoo to 39333, and you just might walk away with that tattoo today. We have a couple things happening on the program as far as uh, teasing stuff for you. We're going to have uh, stopping by this morning. Uh, speaking of the Flyers victory, Chris Terrian is going to be here. Uh-huh. He's got a book out. Uh, so we are going to talk to him about that. It's called Chris Terrian Road to Redemption. Uh, so Chris is a great guy. He yeah, absolutely is. Yeah. He'll pop in the studio around 9 o'clock this morning. And we have a concert announcement this morning. Ooh. I'm excited about this one. Uh, so we will share that information uh, during Music News uh, probably in the 10 o'clock hour. Uh, so make sure you hang out with us today. We're going to have a good time, all right? Uh, with all that, we are going to take a quick break and come back in just a moment. We've got uh, loads of entertainment stories and an unfortunate story of someone who had passed away at a very short illness. Uh, and we also have a stupid question and some other things we'll get into. So hang in there. We will be back in just a moment. Did you know you can listen to all of WMMR's podcasts as well as our live stream on your Alexa-enabled device? It's easy. Just say, Alexa, open MMR. Hey, Window Nation brings the best of the home show savings right into your home. You can get two free windows with every two you buy with no limit, plus pay no interest for 60 months. Go to windownation.com slash home show and use their free virtual visualizer to see how their window options will look on your home. But hurry, these once a year home show savings end soon. Get two windows free with every two you buy and pay no interest for five full years. Call today, 866-90NATION or go to windownation.com slash home show. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. So the prize we're going to give away for the stupid question this morning, pair of tickets to see uh, the Jagged Little Pill Show, uh, which is the Atlantis Morissette uh, theme. I think I'd like that. Yeah, Yeah. I think so, too. So many great songs. So January 4th is when this will be at the Academy of Music is where it will be. So the question is an interesting one. Dump, floater, and wipe are terms used in which team sport? 215-263-WMMR. Let's see if you know the answer to that. Dump, floater, and wipe. That was way off. Are terms used in which team sport? I don't know. Do you do it as a team sport? Uh, no. All right. 215-263-WMMR is the number. All right. So birthdays today. I get this list every day. Uh, and uh, sometimes I will go to some other sources to see if my source missed out on some birthdays. And I'm I'm like, wow, they missed out on a bunch of birthdays today. They sent me the wrong day of birthdays. And so I didn't have very much time to dig around and find some interesting ones. I did find a handful. I've only got five of them. Uh, but one of them is someone we consider to be a bit of a friend of the show, and that's Mr. Judd Apatow. Yes. He has his birthday today on the 6th day of December. He seems to like us. And he turns 55 years old today. He grew up on Long Island, Syosset, Long Island, and I think he was uh, also friends with Adam Sandler. And he 
He was in and around the comedy mm-hmm. circuit that I was working. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, but then, man, when he started producing and writing, right. he took off. He became the guy. Yeah, he found what he was supposed to do. Larry be Sanders, um, he, you know, uh, uh, the, the movies, obviously, uh, 40-Year-Old Virgin, and then on and on. And, yeah. and Not uh, only that, but, like, the movies that aren't his. That, Fre- Geeks that, and Freaks. That, uh, that feel like his. Yes. Uh, he started a style. He did. He did. Yeah. 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 Like, I love you, man. That's not a Judd Apatow movie. No, but it has the feel of it. Yeah, it really You're does. right, especially when it's uh, when they do what you could tell is just riffing uh, on the uh, on screen of joke after joke after yes. joke. Uh-huh. Hey, just throw a bunch of lines. Throw, right. throw, throw what you think is funny out here. Yeah. And sometimes, even though they'll do like three or four of them in a row, they'll keep them all. Because uh, they're like, those are all good. You know do you what know what I mean? movie I think is probably the most um, emblematic of him and his sensibilities this is 40. Mm-hmm. I think probably sits right in where he is. Yep, I love that movie. Uh, Judd is celebrating his 55th birthday today. Uh, the great actor Tom Halsey. Great. Is 69. So he played uh, Pinto, Larry Crow. Yes. And he also played in Pinto and Amadeus. Animal House. <laughs> Same character. Why Pinto? Why Pinto? Why not? Why Amadeus? <laughs> Uh, by the way, Amadeus is one of my all-time favorite movies. It's a great movie. Uh, it's it's one that I, I go on YouTube from time to time and just find certain scenes. It's I sort, just loved it. Sort of really the story of Salieri, right? More so. Yeah. I yeah. mean, but... Uh, Salieri's jealousy yeah, yeah. Of, uh, of Mozart. Yeah. I've never watched it. It was um, of a... At the time that it came out, I was a child. Sure. And I'm like, this movie sucks. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. stupid music. Stinks. Chamber I, music. Yeah. Sitting there in front of a hopsy cord. <laughs> But does it hold up? Like, will I enjoy it? Enjoy it as an adult? Yeah, I, I don't listen, know. I mean, it it holds up. But yeah. will you enjoy it? I don't know. What's so great about it is that there is you're in the presence of genius, and it's ultimately frustrating to a, a person who is really talented themselves. But it's like here's a once in a generation talent, right. Who really doesn't even appreciate their own talent. And right. That's the frustrating versus someone thing. who had to work really, really, really hard. hard. Yeah, yeah. To uh, to to be what they desired to be, yeah. And this guy, it just fell into, and he just has this natural talent. And there's a jealousy and okay. And, and on yeah. a creative level, Preston, if you do as we we do at some level, whether you call it creative or not, but the whole thing with the king saying that you know he composes this masterpiece, there are too many notes. Yes, it's like, <laughs> I, I use that all the time. Too many notes. Yeah, are there too many notes in this? Mm-hmm. There is fart humor in it, Casey. There is. Oh, oh yeah. Then, all right. Yeah, there's a fair, Sign there's me up. a few different scenes. Hello. By the way, Tom Holsey, we can't forget Steve, his role in Parenthood. He's oh, fantastic in that. So great. He's the, uh, he, he's the he, favorite, but he's, he's also the, black sheep's he's the F up yeah. of the family, yeah. Uh, but he's great. He's 69 years old today. Uh, Joe Beth Williams, the actress. Always loved her. Uh, turned 74. Yep. Movies like... Um, she was a MILF in Poltergeist. Yeah. What's uh, what's the one where uh, uh, they all get together because their friend committed suicide? Oh, um, the, um, I don't have my list of movies. Big I Chill. Big Chill. My girlfriend had never seen it before. And, and oh. It's on one of the streaming services. Um, it holds up. You know, if, you, if, that, if you're looking for a movie from the 80s that's a classic, uh, it's just one of the best. You yes. know, Nick, is, is a movie that is very similar to that, The Return of the Sokolka 7, which a lot of people um 
compare it to. It precedes okay. uh, that, The Big Chill, but it's a very similar plot. Does that hey. movie have the uh, music that The Big Chill has? Okay. Yeah. What that, did Andrea think of it, see, oh, having, yeah. having never seen it? Yeah, she liked it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a movie that's set in the 80s, but it's a movie about people that are getting back together in their 30s and, and hanging out with one another and, you know, discovering dark secrets and right. yeah, it's so well written. That I, soundtrack, like, was my entire life yeah. when that came out. Was it 1985, 80, 87? Four, I think. Uh, so, yeah. I, I don't know when it came out, but that summer, that's that's all we listened to at the pool. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Joe Beth Williams is 74 today. Uh, Janine Turner, actress on one of my all-time favorite TV shows, which was Northern Exposure. She does uh, commercials for dry eye medication now. Um, had a big-time crush on her. She's beautiful. The short hair worked. She's in Cliffhanger. Wonderfully. Yeah, you're yeah. right. I forgot That's about right. that. She's 60 We're today. Outside of a cliff. <laughs> Are you a scared? <laughs> Way up here. Ooh. A scared? <laughs> From behind, you look like a boy when you turn around and like, oh, that's a chick. <laughs> Hanging on a cliff with me, I consider it an honor. You're not as scared. Not as scared at all. Yeah. Uh, she's 60 years old today. <laughs> and then the last birthday I saw is uh, comedian Stephen Wright. Uh, we've had him on. Just had him on recently. Before, yeah. yeah. He, he's great. He's uh, And the last conversation we have with him, he... He opened up a bit. He wasn't just, yeah. you know, the, the deadpan guy. <laughs> he he has he, the most difficult task, I think, as a comedian because all of his stuff is, you know, easily repeatable. Mm-hmm. And he, he actually has that rare thing where people specifically will yell out jokes they want him to tell. Yep. <laughs> it's kind of weird. So he's 67 today. All right, we'll see if we can get an answer to the stupid question. Dump, floater, and wipe Ooh. are terms used in which team sport? 215-263-WMMR is the number and we will go to Lance to see if we can get the answer. Hi there, Lance. Hey. Hey, uh, Lance, do me a favor and tell me what sport you'll find dump, floater, and wipe in. It's volleyball. Volleyball hey. is correct, yes. Okay, hang on just a second. We are going to set you up, my friend. You just won yourself some tickets to go to Jagged Little Pill. Wednesday, January 4th, the Academy of Music. Joy, rage, love, heartache, strength, wisdom, catharsis, life. Everything you've been waiting to see on stage, on the Broadway stage, is back uh, in this exhilarating, fearless new musical based on Lance Morissette's world-changing music, Jagged Little Pill. Coming to the Kimmel Cultural Campus from January 3rd to the 15th. And tickets are on sale at KimmelCulturalCampus.org. Speaking of volleyball, did you see this incredible rally that took place at, a, I think it was a college girls volleyball? I saw where the gal dived over the table. To the table, yeah. yeah. It's astonishing. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. amazing. Did you guys know I was captain of my volleyball team? What? <laughs> it's, it's obvious. Yeah. Clearly, you were so vertical. Uh-huh. Yeah, you uh-huh. uh, you had to have been. It was a captain. small school. That's funny. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> she's playing volleyball on a, on a ping pong table. Well, we're going to start with the unfortunate news and the passing of actress Kirstie Alley. She died. Her family said in a statement Monday, and she was uh, only seventy-one years old. Uh, Her children, True and Lily Parker, said in a statement posted on social media, we are sad to inform you that our incredible, fierce and loving mother has passed away after a battle with cancer only recently discovered. So so sad. Yep. Uh, They praised Allie's uh, passion, love and creativity and thanked the doctors and nurses at Moffitt Medical Center for her care. Uh, In one of her first major roles, Allie appeared in 1982's Star Trek, The Wrath of Khan, and she did not return for any of the subsequent Star Trek films. 
Uh, she joined the cast of Cheers in 1987 after Shelley Long, who played, of course, Diane Chambers, left the show following its fifth season. That and was a tough... Uh, when she came in on that show, Shelley Long had kind of defined oh, yeah. the state-of-the-art comedy. And it's like, well, who can follow that? And she, she did. She came in playing a decidedly different type of character, yep. but she killed it. And the cast, in general, was not... A fan of Shelley Long. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, yeah, and and they adored Kirstie Alley. For her role as Rebecca Howe, Alley received uh, four Golden Globe and five Emmy nominations for Best Actress, winning both in 1991. Wow. Uh, she remained a regular cast member of Cheers until the show's 11th and final season in 1993. Uh, she had said at her Emmy acceptance speech, I only thank God that I didn't have to wait as long as Ted, which was a <laughs> dig at her Cheers co-star Ted Danson, who had, was nominated for his role as Sam Malone eight times before finally taking home the Emmy for Best Actor in a Comedy Series. She also starred in the 1989 romantic comedy Look Who's Talking and its movie. sequels Look Who's Talking 2 and Look Who's Talking Now, and of course John Travolta. Uh, Start alongside her in all three films. He posted an emotional re- uh, remembrance of his co-star on Instagram, writing, Kirsty was one of the most special relationships I've ever had. I love you, Kirsty, and I know we will see each other again. Kelsey Grammer, of course, starred alongside her as uh, Fraser Crane on Cheers, uh, said in a statement, I always believed grief for a public figure is a private matter, but I will say... I loved her. <laughs> Rhea Perlman, who played uh, Carla Tortelli on uh, all 11 seasons of Cheers, said in a statement, Kirstie was a unique and wonderful person and friend. Her joy of being was boundless. We became friends almost instantly when she joined the cast of Cheers. And I've never met anyone remotely like her. I feel so thankful to have known her. I'm going to miss her very, very much. Uh, throughout her career, she was open about her struggles with her weight and the way the media reacted to her appearance. Uh, she served as the spokesperson for Jenny Craig from 2005 to 2008. And in 2005, she starred in the Showtime series Fat Actress, mm-hmm. in which she played a fictionalized version of herself. Uh, she also starred in the A&E, Re- A&E reality series Kirstie Alley's Big Life, which followed her attempt to start her own weight loss program in 2010. In 1997, uh, she had starred in the comedy For Richer or Poorer alongside Tim Allen. He memorialized the actress on Twitter, uh, writing a soul passed on in Kirstie Alley's sad, sad news. Uh, in 2016, she joined the cast of Scream Queens, right. uh, which also starred actress Jamie Lee Curtis. The iconic Halloween actress posted a tribute to her co-star on Instagram, writing she was a great comic foil in Scream Queens. And a beautiful mama bear in very in her very real life. Uh, she helped me buy onesies for my family that year for Christmas. Uh, she said, we agreed to disagree about some things, but we had a mutual respect and connection. Uh, according to Associated Press, Allie's first television appearances uh, were as game show contestants. She was on The Match Game in 1979 and then on Password the following year. Some wow. actors would get in that game oh, yeah. show circuit and become contestants just to get yeah. some screen time. They yeah. worked the rounds, yeah. absolutely. That's yeah. why uh, Alfonso Ribeiro was talking about the um, the cast of uh, you know the people you see uh, on America's Funny Home Videos. A lot of those people sitting at the tables are yeah. actors and actresses mm-hmm. who want to get some screen time. There's a movie yeah. on Netflix right now. It's in my queue. It's called The Clapper, and it's Ed yes. Helms is in it. And I've that's seen it. is it good? I, no, I haven't oh. watched it yet. But I mean, I just looked at the description, and it, and it's that yeah. the guy who goes out to L.A. to become an actor, and he just becomes a professional audience member. <laughs> right. Yeah. These, right. Like, infomercials and stuff. Uh, she also had a short-lived sitcom on TV Land called Kirsty, which ran uh, for a single season. It featured uh, uh, Kristen Chenoweth in two episodes, uh, episodes, and she remembered Allie fondly in a series of tweets writing, I love you, Kirsty." 
I will see you again someday. I can't believe you're gone alongside photos of the two together. She was married to Parker Stevenson, one of the Hardy Boys. So she was married twice uh, to her high school sweetheart in 1970 to 77, and then she married Parker Stevenson in 1983 until 1997, with whom she adopted her two children. And Stevenson posted a photo of himself and her on Instagram writing her a short note writing, uh, Dear Kirsty, I'm so grateful for our years together and for the two incredibly beautiful children and now grandchildren that we have. You will be missed with love, Parker. So <laughs> sad news, and it was one of those things. Left field. They just found yeah, out, yeah. and it didn't last long, but uh, sorry to hear that, obviously. All right, a few other entertainment stories to run by you. Uh, the wait is over. Uh, yesterday, Netflix released the official trailer for Harry and Meghan, a six-episode docuseries about the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Uh, the series will be released in two volumes, the first on December 8th and the second on December 15th. I was surprised that Darth Maul is in it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And we have not seen him for a while. For a while. Yeah, and then, yet there he is. Uh, in the trailer, Harry and Meghan comment on the trials and tribulations they experienced as part of the royal family. Um, you can hear the uh, Harry saying, uh, there's a hierarchy of the family. Uh, you know, there's leaking, but there's also planting of stories. It's a dirty game. One savior for us has been pickleball. Uh, commenting <laughs> on what Harry refers to as uh, the pain and suffering of women marrying into this institution, Megan says, I realized that they're never going to protect you. Uh, Harry also shares that he was terrified and didn't want history to repeat itself, thinking of his mother, Diana. He said, no one knows the full truth. We know the full truth. Uh, so that is now the trailer is out. I'm not sure wh- when you can actually view that. So we'll December eighth, only on Netflix. Okay, couple more days uh, after their secret relationship was revealed last week. Uh, GMA three, what you need to know, anchors T.J. Holmes and uh, Amy Robach have been temporarily taken off the air. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, source told People that the scandal was driving a lot of unwanted attention. Uh, the source said, uh, GMA... Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's be my regular Saturday night thing. Baby. That's when they're on break. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, in between. The head of, the, of ABC opened up a closet during the commercials. <laughs> uh, the source said, uh, GMA decided to have a period of cooling down because they thought this was unwanted attention. So, so for the time being, they are going to be off the air. Uh, ABC News President Kim Godwin announced the anchor's temporary replacement to staff on Monday morning. Uh, she said, even though this isn't a violation of policy, uh, she took time to think about it and wanted to work through what was best for uh, best. And for now, they've decided to take TJ and Amy off the air while they figure things out. I think this is the opposite move. Why don't you Why? leave them on? Unwanted attention. Exactly. Don't you want attention, wanted or unwanted? They're not smuggling cocaine. No. They're, they're, so and and apparently. So whether or not you believe what they're putting out that the this uh, relationship occurred after they had split from their um, other uh, significant others or not, yeah, let them do what they do. They clearly have chemistry. Leave it on. And by the way, so what? Yeah. They had an affair. These are adults. They, this is what they've decided to do in their personal lives. You know what I mean? I think they're gonna. I think in the long run, at this point, I mean, years ago, it might have been more of a scandal, but there's not. There's not a lot. Even she says the head of the, the uh, of ABC says it's really not a violation. There's a shocker. Not all marriages go the distance, <laughs> yeah. gang. You know that's just all there is to it. And this yeah. is press you can't buy. Like totally. these people came out and everyone said 
who? Yeah. Like, nobody yeah. was in that third exactly. hour. Exactly. Everybody tuned in. I'm surprised. But nonetheless, we'll see if it if they indeed just take them off for a little while and then bring them back. I, I don't know. I'll be I mean, interested. Regis was nailing Kathy Lee for a while. Oh, all the time. Oh, you're going to be my regular Saturday night. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but early, because I go to bed around 8. Wasn't her nickname Couscous? Did couscous, he call that? Get over here. Bring that couscous, couscous over here. Yeah, yeah. Who's your daddy? <laughs> Who's your finger food? Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Yeah, man. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, Saturday night. Be nice until it's time to not be nice. That's right. <laughs> What's going on over here? What the? I would love to see Regis as Dalton. What if they call my mother a whore? Well, is she? <laughs> <laughs> Regis is Dalton. Yeah. What if they call me a mother effer? I thought you'd be bigger and about 40 years younger. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's the first time I've ever heard that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. Okay. What about pain? Pain don't hurt. Oh, it doesn't? No, it actually does hurt. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I've got a little bit of the rheumatoid arthritis yeah. and a, a little pinch in my nutsack. Sometimes just getting up off the toilet. Oh, my God. It hurts. I just I don't even look around because there might be blood. Yeah, I understand. All right. Thanks, Rach. And I don't wipe. Uh, <laughs> Too many hemorrhoids. <laughs> well, okay, then bidet? What do you... Badonk. <laughs> okay. Oh, we're speaking French. French fries. Escargo. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jeff Bridges has been tapped to receive the Lifetime Achievement Award at the 28th Annual Critics' Choice Awards. Well deserved. Very much so. Uh, January 15th, Fairmount Century Plaza in Los Angeles. Uh, the actor who currently stars in FX's drama series The Old Man is also a past Critics' Choice Award winner for his performance. Uh, in the 2009 film Crazy Heart, and that also got him an Oscar. It's a That's brilliant movie. Outstanding brilliant performance. Uh, SAG Award and an Independent Spirit Award just for that movie alone. It is brilliant. I forget what I was watching last night. It might have been the Flyers game or Jeopardy, but have any of you guys seen the uh, Jeff Bridges COVID commercial? Yes. It's, uh, it's no. bizarre. Um, he's just hanging out in the field, um, and he's speaking with that old man pentameter and, uh, you know, sort of like the... Yeah. You can't quite understand everything that he's saying. It's a good commercial, and it's cool to see him working. It's just a little, little weird. COVID. Yeah. I guess he's pretty damn thankful because it nearly killed him, that's, man. That's kind of what the theme of the message is, and yeah. or the message of the commercial is, yeah. Well, he was, at the time he caught COVID, he was being, his system was devastated because he was being treated for cancer. Right. Yeah, so it was a big time. He's out in the woods in this thing? Yeah. Where's my keys? <laughs> Got his guitar. And lost his keys. Where did I park? <laughs> Help! Help! Yeah, I've seen it. It's you a okay? COVID, it's a COVID commercial. I don't know where I am. <laughs> Good thing you got that guitar. <laughs> I used it to kill some squirrels if I have to. <laughs> Just get on that horse and ride out of there. <laughs> There's a horse in it? Seabiscuit, <laughs> get over here. Uh, his other credits include uh, The Last Picture Show. That earned him his first Oscar nomination in 1972, as well as Thunderbolt and Lightfoot, Starman, The Contender, True Grit, Hell or High Water, uh, like I said, Seabiscuit, The Big Lebowski, and possibly his greatest role ever, Tron. Yeah. I'm just throwing that out there. In the movie Fearless, um, where he survives the uh, the plane crash that is unbel- an unbelievable performance. Hell or High Water, unbelievable yeah. performance. And Preston, the the quiet, 
paternal, loving character in Seabiscuit. Oh, wonderful. It's so good. Yep. Bridges also is currently the national spokesperson person for the Share Our Strength. <laughs> our Share Our Strength. <laughs> No Kid Hungry campaign. That's good. Uh, that is fighting to end childhood hunger in America. So they, he's going to get the uh, the Critics' Choice Award, the Lifetime I ended up in the woods. Lifetime Achievement Award, which is cool. Uh, Neil Diamond made theater goers at opening night uh, of Broadway music. Broadway's A Beautiful Noise, Neil Diamond musical feels so good, so good. Uh, he surprised fans and audience oh, yeah. members at the uh, Broadhurst Theater where the new musical about his life opened on Sunday night. Uh, and he got up and did an impromptu performance of Sweet Caroline. Yes. Yep. Uh, it marks the first time that Diamond has performed in his hometown since 2017. and was a rare appearance for the music icon. He announced, of course, in 2018 he was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease and would retire from concert touring. He still, I think, you know, tinkers around with writing and things like that. He does. He does. And A Beautiful Noise is a fantastic album. It was produced by Robbie Robertson. Okay. And uh, it's... it's the band? Yeah. So um, I love that. In fact, he performs uh, a song from it on The Last Walls. Uh, We have a clip of him uh, singing at this Broadway uh, show. And this is him. He's up in the balcony. He's not up on stage. So... Parkinson's disease, so yeah. the fact that he's able to uh He sounds pretty must, good. I, 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 it up. Yeah, you can't quite hear it because of the it's on a cell phone, of course. Yeah. Uh ahead of his surprise curtain call, sing along, Diamond walked the red carpet with his wife, Katie McNeil, and entered the theater uh, to a standing ovation when he took the mic to sing Sweet Caroline from his box seat. Uh fans cheered and sang along, of course. Others in attendance for opening night included Audra McDonald, Bernadette Peters, Clive Davis, and Jane Krakowski. It's a good collection. Yeah. yeah Some of the Broadway folk. Yep, most definitely. Um, this was uh, a very uh, disturbing story uh, to read yesterday. Shania Twain uh, is speaking out about her childhood trauma and how it affected her body image. I didn't know this about her. <clears throat> Excuse me. The 57-year-old singer said she suffered sexual and physical abuse at the hands of her stepfather. Oh, that's horrible. Jerry Twain. I know she was estranged um, from uh, maybe that. Obviously, that's probably the relationship that she was talking about. Uh, and that she uh, tried to change the way she looked as a means of coping. She said, I hid myself and I would flatten my boobs. She said, I would wear bras that were too small for me and I'd wear two uh, play it down until there was nothing girl about nothing girl about me and make it easier to go unnoticed. She said, because, my gosh, it was terrible. You did not want to be a girl in my house. <clears throat> that happens. I was reading a story about a girl who went through the same thing. And, and then the, the person who wrote the article pointed out that when um, girls become, start to blossom, as it were, if they get a lot of that undue attention or unwanted attention, they will go to great lengths to tamp everything down. Well, listen to this. And then at 22, as the second oldest of five living in poverty in remote Timmins, Ontario, 
Uh, she had to come to terms with her own sexuality after her stepfather and mother died in a car accident. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and she helped to raise her younger siblings. Uh, and then she embarked on a music career. Uh, singing at a nearby resort. So that's what she was doing to make ends meet. And obviously she was an amazing singer from yeah. the get-go. Uh, she said, then you go into society and you're a girl and you're getting uh, the normal other uh, unpleasant stuff too. And that reinforces it. So you think, oh, I guess it's just essy, crappy to be a girl. And it's so crappy to have boobs. And I was ashamed of being a girl, she said. And mm-hmm. she said, all of a sudden... It was like, well, what's your problem? You know, you're a woman and you have this beautiful body. Uh, what was so natural for other people was so scary for me. I felt exploited, but I didn't have a choice now. I had to play the glamorous singer, had to wear my femininity more openly and more freely and work out how I'm not going to get groped or raped by someone's eyes and uh, feel so degraded. But she soon found success and became able to manage her own expectations as she signed to a label in Nashville and met her future producer, her first husband, Robert Mutt Lang. And she said, by the, by the time I have my record contracts, I was kind of the woman that, she said, when I walked in a room, it's like, don't even get any closer. It was clear in my body language. And I think maybe what young girls can learn, too, is to exude that confidence. Uh, last month, the Grammy-winning superstar celebrated the 25th anniversary of her iconic album, Come On Over. But I didn't know that about her being... No. Didn't she get a lifetime achievement? Was that... Did she get that last year? Um, Sounds about right. Yep. Not 100% right. sure, but I, I, I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, speaking of achievements, on Sunday, Julia Roberts honored her longtime friend and Ticket to Paradise co-star George Clooney, mm. and she did it by wearing a long black dress covered with framed photos of him throughout the years. Uh, Page Six reports that Clooney was one of the Lifetime Achievement honorees at the event, and this was Roberts' way of uh, showing her support. So I thought that was kind of fun. That was at the Kennedy Center Honors. Oh, okay, we're looking at it right now. Yes, yeah, so that's pretty cool. Pictures of yeah. him that she had printed onto the dress. Uh, on Monday, Rent actor Anthony Rapp announced that he and uh, his partner Ken uh, if 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 Paul, I think is how you say his name, are officially parents to a newborn baby boy. I uh, said Ken and I are thrilled to share that our family has grown. He captioned a photo of the pair holding a baby uh, to Instagram. Uh, he said our son uh, uh, Rye. Yeah, R A I, Rye Larson. Rye uh, Bread. Hit the pole. Rye Bread. <laughs> Dude, Nick, we have been eating a lot of Reuben sandwiches lately, yeah. the, the vegan Reuben. Yeah. And every time I, I take out that loaf of rye bread. Rye Bread. <laughs> Nick's, you, 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 your neighbor was yelling at you and your brother, right? That's the story? We're offering up yard work. Yeah. Rye bread? Uh, no. We want to rake your leaves. <laughs> you know that classic thing kids would wander through the neighborhood selling rye bread? Yeah, right, you know. Yeah. After it would snow, they'd wander around with shovels and offer you rye bread. Rye, rye bread, by the way, very underrated bread. Oh, it's excellent. Oh, I love it. I love it. I go through phases of, like, ordering that if I'm going to have breakfast. Yeah. yeah. And they ask your choice of toast. Rye bread. Oh, right. Rye toast. Yeah. Oh, did you get it at Nudie's when you got the, the, the brunch? I did not. Okay, it's an option. I had, uh, no, I had a, a tuna melt. It's a damn fine option mm. for like an, an omelet. You mm. know, you get a little buttered rye bread toast. Yes, but sir. dark rye bread over white rye bread. Well, like pumpernickel? Uh, when nuts. it's like a Marble squirrel. Rye. Marble rye. Marble oh, rye. Yeah. 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 Any rye is fine rye. Yeah. Any rye. Any yeah. rye. Any rye. <laughs> <laughs> Rap captioned a photo of the pair holding the baby to Instagram. He said, our son, Ryan Larson, uh, was brought into the world on Friday, uh, December 2nd. 
And uh, by he said, an incredible, generous surrogate to whom we are eternally, uh, eternally grateful. So what's yeah. the story with his... Um Lawsuit uh, I, I, that was dismissed, right? Yeah, they, yeah. Was, they they found in favor of Kevin Spacey. Yep. Is he is he going to pursue it any further? Or is that that? Not sure. Hey, hmm. real quick, uh, just getting back to bread. Why is <laughs> why is white bread ru- uh, ruling the aisles of the uh, bread aisle? Do you know what I mean? Like, because you said well, I have not noticed it was ruling. Oh, it's ruling. It's got a lot of space. It's got a lot of space. A lot of shelf space for yeah. the white bread. Oh, it's very like, generic. Yeah, it's, that's it. It's it's easy. It doesn't overpower a sandwich. Yeah, uh, and and the, most of those none of the, the breads do. Those really. are sandwich breads. Well, rot rot yeah. does. <laughs> and and uh, pumpernickel. The sourdough wood. I don't think wheat overpowers a sandwich. No, no, I was going to say, but wheat has a... I don't know. Wheat wheat is a little less flavor than white. I don't know, Casey. It's, it's the most approachable of the breads. Yeah. Why? Yeah. If you go into if you go show up at a party and yeah. there's a, a, a loaf of white in the corner, you can go over and talk if you feel out of place. Is that? Uh, but yeah. rye it, bread, you kind of got to. No, away. they're very very persnickety. Hit the handler first. Yeah. When my girlfriend is hungover, her uh, one of her uh, hangover remedies, Casey, of choice is uh, toasted white bread, mm. uh, and maybe it's just because it stops everything basic. up. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah, I don't know, but like. So we we always have to have a loaf of white bread in the house. Well, for whatever reason, Casey, it's very popular. Yeah, and they wouldn't. I, yeah. I don't think it's anything Sorry, that bro. was done on purpose. Sorry, bro, yeah. but it's just popular, man. I will say, there's uh, probably not a bread out there that I don't like. Okay, but uh, why is white? The you're the Gandhi to? of bread. I am. Yeah. I'm the Jesus of bread, <laughs> just like you're the Jesus, Jesus of bread. social media. Yeah. I was. Yeah. All right. I have one last story, and I want to get to it. Is that okay? Um, May I? Are we done? We're yeah, going to go done. down the proto-style <laughs> first. And then... No, go ahead. <laughs> we're getting out of baked goods. Yeah. we got to go Celery. through the I don't get it. All right, no, I wanted to make sure I got this uh, story out there. Both Harrison Ford and filmmaker James Mangold have uh, made it reasonably clear that Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny... Will be the last time the actor will don the iconic fedora and whip. And since the movie began, adding A-list talent to its cast, uh, including the likes of Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Mads Mikkelsen, and Antonio Banderas, the internet has been buzzing with rumors of potential replacements for Ford. Mangled, however, has heard enough of the wild fan theories and has begun personally shutting down major rumors surrounding the sequel. <clears throat> the Logan director took to Twitter to respond a na- to a now-deleted tweet. In his response, he says... There's never been any discussions concerning replacing Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. Create another character. This rumor sprouted up early on and seemingly hasn't died down since the fifth indie outing was announced. But he said flat out, no. They're not going to recast. They're not going to do different adventures of... Of Indiana Jones with or somebody support, else. Uh, Sala and the Isle of White Bread. Or uh, Pennsylvania Johnson. Yeah. So, uh, since as far back as 2021, rumors abound that uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who is set to star as Indy's goddaughter, uh, Helena, uh, would take over the films uh, uh, by the films. And, however, this was merely an unsupported fan theory that James Mangold shut down. According to the movie maker, these rumors are just trolls trying to rile up fans for clicks. Although most of Indiana Jones 5's plot is uh, tightly under wraps. We know that the bulk of the film takes place in 1969 against the backdrop of the space race. That's pretty wild. However, fans recently learned that the movie does open, and we've talked about this, with a World War II uh, set action sequence, and it was uh, from uh, footage that they had previously filmed. Uh, And it's a de-aged indie that they uh, put in there who will only be several years removed from the events of 1989's The Last Crusade. And the trailer for the movie promises a return to form as a proper send-off to the beloved action-adventure 
character. I thought uh, Crystal Skull was largely forgettable. I've never even yeah. seen it all the way through. I've, I think I've seen all of it at, at one point or another over the years, but um, I'm actually pretty excited about this one. I don't Me know why, too. but like, I think the trailer looks great. Well, I, I the like director, too. Yeah, yeah. Mangold's a great director, and so I don't think Harrison Ford would have signed on for it if he didn't think it was a great script. I'll tell you, the Crystal Skull uh, is not good, for the most part. Yeah. There are moments, though, having Kate Blanchett as the villain is a good call, and she does a great job, and there's some moments there but, uh, yeah, I'm excited, especially if this is done properly mm-hmm. as a good coda right. to his career, you yep. know? All right, we're ready for clips now, so let's do them. Darby Harper is granted the ability to see ghosts after suffering near-death experience in her childhood in Darby and the Dead. And in this clip, star Riel Downs talks about how hard it is to play the enemy of a person that you like. I feel like there was so much play even in our hatred for each other, you know, and we both we both knew how to tap into that place. But at first, especially since we had we didn't know each other super well at the beginning and we were we were very kind to each other. I guess, yeah, it's a little tough to just start randomly screaming at a person. I think one of the first scenes we did was an argument scene. How scared! Uh, Darby and the Dead is out now on Hulu. Here's the next clip. His Dark Materials, an adventure mystery series, back for its third season. And here star Amir Wilson talks about growing up on the show. It's been great. I mean, you, you come across some how did you build a family with these people that you, you, you work with every day. Um, in terms of, like, growing up, I kind of, like... You don't feel like you've grown up until you like see photos and and yeah. like oh I do look a lot younger. Shut up, dummy. His dark mater- <laughs> materials. <laughs> season three is out now on HBO. I watched the first uh, season. Yeah, uh, it's well done. It looks good. It got um, it it, it kind of started folding in on itself too All much, right. and I'm like I don't know what's going on. That is my last story in the entertainment report for you this morning, friends. So we are going to take ourselves a break. We'll come back in a moment. Chris Terrian will be stopping by the studio today. We have a concert announcement. We'll get to music news and some stuff we'll give to you. So hang out for the ride. We'll be right back. What's new? Why do you ask? Blank 182. Smashing Pumpkins. Bowl Beat. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. By the way, the rye bread thing, just the type of uh, thing that might come up in the Christmas miracle. Oh. Very true. It's Very stuff true. like that that we will be asking uh, our contestants to uh, have knowledge of when we have that contest is that, uh, you know, you may you may have to... You may have to be ready to say rye <laughs> up on stage. You never know. So uh, that's coming up on the 21st. We'll do some invites before the program is over today. Uh, so this story that was mentioned in the Entertainment Report, uh, T.J. Holmes and Amy Robach, two people I had never heard of until about a week or two ago at Good Morning America, 
uh, with this uh, affair that took place. They were both married to, you know, significant others. And uh, the the word was they started uh, seeing each other on the side, on the down low. Right. Now, the question as to whether or not that was occurring post-separation from their significant others remains up in the air. But it was certainly happening. Yep. So, anyhow, they are are now in an open relationship with each other. And they were together. They're they're co-hosts. And so they are now... Uh, taken off the air for a cooling off period, they said. There's too much attention being put uh-huh. on, uh, which I'm an And by the way, Amy Robach, and we, we realized this the other day, her husband or her former husband was Andrew Shue, an actor who was on Melrose Place yeah. for a little while. Okay. Billy, right? They, they had one of those like Brady Bunch families where they both had a bunch of kids from other marriages, blended. a blended family. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, well, the interesting thing is, and, and we were having a quick chat off air about uh, workplace relationships. Uh, and we all know how tricky that can be. Um, and also, I'm curious what the rules are in some places. You know, I mean, if you find yourself working with someone else and you become romantically involved, yeah, is that grounds for dismissal, termination? What, what, what's the story? How, how is it evolved? Yeah, or think- do they, or do they, they, they come and say, "Listen, we discourage this." You know, right, does, right. does the company? Let their thoughts be known. And also with that, here's what I'd like to hear as well. And, and any phone calls uh, that uh, want to come in regarding this stuff will take. But I want to see if anybody managed to keep it a secret oh. uh, in in a workplace, uh, knowing that it's not allowed. Yes. But you, you know, for whatever reason, you can't ended up together it. and you just can't stop that. Yeah. Uh, were you able to keep, oh, yeah. keep it a secret? 215-263-WMMR. Yeah, I think certain... Uh, uh, workplaces there is there's protocol where like you have to go to your higher up and and say hey listen this is uh we're want to take this to an, uh, another level no and yeah it's something along those lines they had that um recent story with the one of the assistant coaches in boston him and a uh, fellow employee and and so here's the deal there's like Hierarchies, hierarchies, yeah, and especially so, if a boss. Yeah, is, and is, this guy was that, that's, higher. Yeah, that's where you get into yeah. the real, the, the touchy. If you are at the same level, yeah. it's less likely, at least I believe, to be an issue. But, but exactly this guy had to step Casey. down. This yeah. guy had to step down, and they, they were in a consensual relationship. But there, I guess, was a hierarchy involved. Where it was frowned upon. Now he didn't step down. He was like suspended. He wasn't he got down. He, he did, <laughs> but he wasn't fired or uh, anything along those lines. But he did have to step down. And did they keep the relationship together? I don't know if they're <clears throat> together still or not. But, but he did that for that reason, so he could stay in the relationship with her. You know what? I don't. N- okay. I, no, I don't know. I'm, I don't curious, know. I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious. Somebody who might go. Okay. Yeah. Somebody who might go. You know what? Um... Uh, if this is the case, if this is the rule, I I love this person, yes, and I so therefore I'm out. You know what I mean? And then they call their lawyer. Well, look yeah. at look yeah. at, look yeah. at <laughs> the, the, yes, exactly. Look at the monarchy. Look at the uh, you know yeah. th- that 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 can play into it as well. Yeah. yeah, I have a friend who was in a relationship with a guy, and they were. I I don't think she was like a boss of his, but she was above him in management and they were in the same area. She, they kept it a secret for like two years until she was able to get transferred. Mm. So as long as she was in a different department, yeah, it was okay. That can help mitigate it. But it seems like there's no, obviously I think this is, each company makes its call and what what they're, they're comfortable with being liable for if something goes asunder. 
I actually married my coworker. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I mean, she was Claire was an intern, mm. but um, you know, when when I was at uh, WDRE in New York, but um, yeah, I and, and they, they sort of knew about it. They weren't thrilled about it, but that's what happened. Here's a text, and uh, I don't know if we'll get to talk to this person or not. And this is a little bit of a different story. It says, nine-plus years affair with married boss, mm. no one knows. Wow. Well, that's uh, that's an affair. That's a little yeah. different than a relationship starting, and but that's juicy. And I would notice mind. Kathy's home today for this conversation. That's true. You're right. No. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> Keep it quiet. Oh, my God. We'll say you lost your voice. Oh. <laughs> How long has she been out? <laughs> Several days. Uh-huh. Several. I haven't seen Bill a lot. Of Coincidence? Yeah. I know. Yeah. I'm wondering. Uh, I am going to go to Jay. Uh, good morning, Jay. Hey, guys. Hey, what's up, buddy? Hey. So, yeah, so I, my now wife, I actually used to be her boss at uh, this one job that we had had. So we kept our relationship a secret forever until my one colleague wanted to introduce her to a friend. And for weeks, he had asked her and was like, oh, we were going out for this a team night event. And I was like, hey, buddy, uh, you know, I can't. She's not interested. So then it came out that me and her were dating. I actually wound up getting fired for it. Oh, uh, may, may, may I ask, Jay, what, what kind of work you were doing? I was, uh, it was sales. Sales. Okay, so so I, I understand if the relationship could foster a notion of um, uh, bias, your favoritism. Yeah. So, so is that, was that your, is that what they said was the reason for terminating? Yeah, because I, I was her direct superior. Yes, okay. So they said I had to pick my career or her. And I was like, I like her a lot. And then they were like, we, they fired me. But, hey, she's the mother of my kid now. Yes, well, you, you stuck to your guns. Jay, did yeah. you ever have, I mean, I guess if it's policy and if yeah. it's in the company handbook or whatever, maybe your, your hands are kind of tied with that, right? Well, yeah, the best part, like, it started as, like, the, you know how you have, like, the we both were dating someone, met each other, broke up with the other people, and then, like, the next day started dating each other mm-hmm. secretly. How and long then, How long were you able to keep that a secret? Uh, almost uh, about six months. Okay. We thought we were, pretty, we thought we were slick. But yeah, yeah. It, do, you know what, uh, do you know what happens, though, Jay? As you, when you're doing that, a lot of times, a lot of the people that you work with can be part of your social scene as well. Yeah. And it, as, as it did with you, it became problematic. Yeah, and that was the downfall is because we all hung out so much all the time that you know, hiding it, and then he had a friend that he thought was perfect for her. Yeah, and I had to be, and he was—he's a good friend of mine still. And I had to be like, "Hey, uh, this is why she's dodging you. It's not—it's no other reason than right. this is what's going on." And then, but yeah, but that—that dude dime you out, or did you have to dime yourself out? Uh, he—he he told me that either he had to bring it up or I did. Right. So, uh, you know, he gave me the choice there, and I was like, "It's not really much of a choice, but still." I mean, maybe if I kill out. you. <laughs> so, I don't even know why he had to bring so, it up. Yeah, yeah. So, what what did you think about that guy after that? Uh, in that moment, I was pretty upset about it. I've gotten it over over it through the years. So, I don't understand. Was he your superior? Why does he have to bring it up? It, well, he was. He handled our HR. Oh well, there you go. Oh, it's, it's kind of his job. It's his job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Detail, yeah. right? Detail that he is very responsible. It's not like you're in HR. No, I am. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then if it comes out eventually, it can't come out and be like, "Well, that guy knew and he didn't say." Because he loses his here. job. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, well, he knew. Yeah, yeah. right. You know, I, 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 well, I'm happy it worked out for you guys, Jay. That's cool, man. 
Yeah, no. All right. Hey, great talking to you guys. You have a great day. Thank you, you too. too. All right, we'll you see know where this type of thing happens all the time uh, is in restaurants. Um, people like uh, servers and managers, yeah. and it gets really hairy really fast because, you know, then there's the there are claims of, like, uh, managers giving certain servers preferred shifts. and Absolutely. It, it's, it's just brutal. And, you know, you hear story after story of it, and... and it can lead to people losing their job uh, quite often, and it become so. So Claire worked for a number of years at, at a, a place that was sort of the, as I've said, the the family holiday place to go to, and there was clearly that situation going on, and there was clearly massive amounts of favoritism. Yes. So what that does is that plants this seed. You have a bunch of disgruntled workers who see right. this, and that's why on the business side, this can be a liability. Letting this happen. I mean, you all want to say, well, let love. Flourish. Right. But that's the problem. And, and then resentment starts to build, yeah. and yeah, it can get really ugly fast. All right, this isn't exactly what we're talking about, but I do want to share this. Okay. This text says, had a relationship with my therapist until my girlfriend found out when I was sleeping and she was texting me. Got her fired. Feel bad about that. That's a direct... There's no... You can't be... You can't date your patients. Your patient. You're the therapist. Well, not, uh, not dating. <laughs> just having Just banging. <laughs> All right. Uh, get on the couch. I'll get on top of you. Let me get some other calls here. I have uh, Vanessa checking in. Good morning, Vanessa. Good morning. What's up? I, I, I kind of not about me, but uh, I worked at a restaurant, and uh, there was uh, four people there, two different couples that were together. Yeah. And... Uh, they did a little swaparoo, and one person from one relationship got started hooking up with that person in the other relationship, and my bar fired the cheaters. Mm-hmm. The che- they fired the, just cheaters? the cheaters? They only fired the cheaters. And to this day, the, the two people who got cheated on are still together. That really? is wild. So, okay. And did they specify that they were... Uh, uh, it, well, did they it got just... caught at work. Okay. All right. Oh, they got caught oh, at work. work. Well, were they getting it on? What? What was that? Were they getting it on at work? Yeah. Oh. Oh, well. On top of the coleslaw. You can't do that. Uh, oh, yeah. That's interesting, though. Well, no, you no, can no. do it, but that, that, yeah. you can. Yeah. Yeah. You're you not just al- shouldn't. You're not allowed yeah. to. Kim and her got it on. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> no, they didn't. Uh, all right. Interesting. Uh, we, we've seen... We've seen a few in our time. Yeah, some, oh, yeah. Some real successful ones, oh, too. Have no, we? No, seriously. Jackson yeah. Michelle. Yeah. They're, they're still together. And yeah. uh, But I don't, you know, I think when they started. Larson and Winnie? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Casey. Rest in peace. <laughs> uh, with uh, with Jackson and Michelle, I think they kept it quiet to begin with. I Billy think Caffey? so, yeah. They did. Yeah. 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 I was thinking of the ones that didn't work. Those out. happened, too. Those are Kind of oh, if if it goes them. asunder, oh, yeah. if it goes, if it gets volatile, mm-hmm. that's another thing. When you're a, uh, an employer, <laughs> presses write me a note because I don't know who he's talking about. Write it down. You guys continue. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the liability. But um, man, listen, oh. it's just the nature of what. What did the recent survey about where we're most inclined to meet people? Um, the the job still ranks very high oh, yeah. as the likely place where you'll meet somebody you'll end up in a relationship you with. You go to library, you go to church. Yeah. yeah. Good, good girls. Good girls. <laughs> <Yes>. Yep. <laughs> Got to know the father. Uh, let me go to, I have uh, Chris who's checking in. Hey, Chris, good morning. Good morning, Gadzooks guys. Gadzooks, sir. What's happening? So, uh, I met my wife uh, at work. Um, we tried to keep it 
a little quiet for a little while, but nobody, we weren't fooling anybody. Um, and we actually, we applied, got new positions at a different location. They knew we were together and we were getting married and we've been together for 20 years and we've been at our current job for 17. So Chris, because now you proactively went to your superiors and, and let them know what was happening or what was the progression? No, we didn't really proactively go to our superiors. It just kind of, you know, naturally came out that we were dating. All right. Um, and nobody really seemed to care. They basically said as long as neither one of us was a direct supervisor of the other, it didn't really matter. That's clearly one of the main issues. If if the, if you're in a place of uh, power over the person you're with or vice versa, that's where, like, favoritism and all that stuff can come into play and really screw up a work dynamic. I wonder what the policy is, though, of you, let's say, uh, thanks for your call, by the way, Chris, let's say that you get a job somewhere. Right. And then your girlfriend or fiancé or wife or whoever it may be, your significant other, applies for a job as well. Can they even not be considered at that point? Or, you know what I mean? That happened here with me. And Claire Claire actually worked in promotions for WMGK for a while. Yeah. So, um, but I'm wondering if some places have a rule that say, no, you can't. I wouldn't imagine. I would would think so. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I don't but, know. But then again, what's the difference if you're if you are well, already working together and you go fall into a relationship? Well, right? so this happened with an uh, with a friend of mine. Uh, also, the the office manager's wife ended up coming and working in the office. <laughs> completely overstepped her boundaries. Yeah, uh, ended up like sharing the office with the boss. Put herself into situations of this. I'm like, where like this is not your job. You're you're essentially the secretary, but you're acting as if you're the vice manager of the office he can't do that and then the husband you know his hands were tied you know he couldn't do it you know he couldn't put an end to it or anything like that i think it depends if you're qualified for the job or not like i mean if you're just a resume yeah Yeah. Yeah. if you're a resume on the pile and you're qualified for claire came in she worked in radio before she She had yeah if you're getting the job and you're not qualified for it then there's a problem but if you got it fair and square yeah, but I'm just wondering if the whole relationship thing will sometimes be an issue or not. Because you could be qualified for the job and already be working there and then entering into a relationship where you both are already employees and they frown upon There them. was a place I you remember I mean? that I briefly worked at. It was one of the early cable companies on Long Island. And they were adamant about no. They didn't even like work outside work fraternization with just, you know, they didn't like you going out at all. They wanted you to be an island unto yourself. Which is the opposite of some of the things that are going on now where people are bringing in younger employees from other areas of the country and saying like, come here, we throw parties, we take you out to hang out. So oh, you're just asking. Your girlfriend. You're just asking, asking for people for to Look bang. at your girlfriend. <laughs> you're young, you're hot, we're having yeah. parties, there's booze. Meet the come person on. of your dreams. Alright, so the texter who is with the therapist has called ah. in, and he is going by the name Gary. Oh, Gary! All right. Hi, Gary. Are you there? Yeah, Gadzooks, Gadzooks. Gadzooks, bud. All right. Tell us about it. So, I had a therapist at a certain, uh, let's just say clinic. Okay. Because it, it was a clinic. Um, yeah, and... Uh, I don't know. I mean, we, we kind of, you know, over that type of relationship, you get close with somebody and you tell them a lot about your life. And Yes, that's what you, you do with a therapist. <laughs> and they but, sh- I mean, you, you, you tell them things that you wouldn't tell anybody else. Yeah, right, right. I just yeah. got close over that. And like one therapy. thing led to another. And 
I okay. like I like when a chick does this. All right, Gary, Gary, how how long had you been uh, attending therapy with this person before it went to a physical level? I mean, this is going to sound bad, but like two months. Oh my, God. Gary, can I ask you um, who who made the first physical move? Uh, she did. Wow. Wow, that's a, like great, a, that's, that's a great therapist. That is so that's something you find in, in penthouse forum. Is there an oath that they yes. take yes. to yes, not do those things? Yeah. Well, it's yeah. it's it's just a casual suggestion. <laughs> Try not to bang your patients. Wow. Yeah, how long did it last, Gary? Uh, not long. Only like two months before my fiance found out. And then she called. She got the therapist fired. Yeah. Now, did that end it with your fiance? I assume it did. No, it did not. Wow. So if you're if you're having sex with your therapist, who do you go to talk to your relationship problems about? Yeah, yeah. You need to it, it, obviously you need to go to another therapist <laughs> to tell them about the fact you you're paying this one therapist. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So Gary, how long ago was this? Uh recent enough that I don't want to use my name. All okay. Right. That Fair makes enough. sense. Fair All enough. right. And are you still engaged? Yeah. All okay. right, and, all right. And, and is is everything still on track for you to be married and all that? Or are you in a waiting period right now? I mean, we're in kind of a waiting period right now, but you know, we're working on. Maybe she do couples yeah. therapy. Yeah, <laughs> couples therapy, and then everybody gets everyone's same. getting some. Oh, that's great. Oh, Gary! All right, Gary, hang in there. Thank you for sharing, Gary. Yeah. Don't bang your next yeah, therapist. Don't bang your next. You guys have the Christmas miracle. Uh, oh! <laughs> All right. Well, clearly, you have to tell us who you are yeah. when we meet you there. All right. Thanks, man. I'll we'll see you later. guys there. All, All right, right, man. Have a good one. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's tough, man. That is. That is. That's, that's a direct violation mm-hmm. of the uh, mm-hmm. therapist code. Uh, let's see. We will go next to Lynn for a call. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning. Hi, Lynn. What's up? What's your story? So I met my now husband when I was his boss. Okay. And we've we've been together for 20 years. And where I worked, there was a lot of people that dated each other. And it wasn't necessarily an issue unless something came up. Like they had to be, if it came into the workplace, then it was a problem. But since I was his boss. You know, when when we first hooked up, we kind of had a a very explicit conversation about, hey, what are we going to do about this? So we just decided that both of us were going to look for different jobs and whoever got a job first would leave. And so ultimately, we both got different jobs within a week of each other. So we both left just to make it. All right. But how long was the relationship going on when you were uh, boss and employee? About two months. Uh, you you guys really, you guys got on it quick. Yeah. I, I give you all the credit in the world because it, yeah, I mean that that's um, had you been discovered, would you have been fired? Probably yes. Okay, all right. Well, then you guys did the right yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it, it would be hard yeah, just to I mean, go. It would be hard just to go. No, yeah, we, sh- we should not do this. This is not right. When you're clearly, attracted. but you're looking so good in those Daisy Dukes. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you yeah, working? <laughs> I'm it's sorry. Go ahead. We ended Len. up. We ended up inviting our our former boss to our wedding. Oh. Well, well, you did okay. right by the company. You did yeah. right by um, yourselves, and you were able to do it the right way. That's one thing that people, if <laughs> that's probably the smartest move, especially in a boss subordinate dynamic. You've yeah. 
that's going to be an issue. Uh, I'm going to Stacy, and she works in HR. She works at a casino, so she's going to, and I'm sure they've got loads oh, of policy. Yeah. So you're talking about a lot of employees doing a lot of different jobs. Hi, Stacy. You're on the air. Good morning. Good morning, Ed. Good, Good morning, Good morning, Ed. All right, Stacy. do you deal with this often? Um, not so often, but uh, we have had issues where we had uh, supervisors or managers dating, like, line-level employees and, like, directors have found out. So it, we have policies in place, whether it be uh, personal relationship policies or nepotism policies. Yes. Pretty much say you have to disclose within a couple of days whether or not you are, you know, a relationship has formed or you have a relationship. And then it's the requirement of human resources to either make some of a, like an accommodation for either one or both of those people to either separate them so they can continue employment or termination can be something that is part of the, the talk. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, a lot of times we will move supervisors because they are the person who is in direct, um, you know, Violation. control of, those person, of that person. Okay. So we'll move them okay. to a different shift. We'll put them somewhere else. Okay. Uh, but a lot of things do fly under the radar. Um, but, you know, so, so have you, you guys try to make accommodations if you can, which, which is cool. Uh, what's, what's step one when you find out? That someone is is fraternizing. Uh, you, I, I'm sure you have to have a meeting, and and you've had to address this directly to them. Correct. Yep. So we we would bring them in separately. We would have conversations. We would go over the policies, and if it is something that they are truly pursuing um, as more of like a long term thing, which is kind of hard to decide, um, we make the proper uh, the proper calls to moving them, and then we have them sign like acknowledgments that they are aware of the policy and why we're doing what we're doing. So they Uh can't like, you know, kind of take that to a lawyer outside. Stacey, it would seem to me that in a case like this, if, if, if that relationship could be co-opted by an outside source, for example, in your situation, there's, there's a casinos, it's money, it's, um, access to certain things that might nefarious types might want access to. I assume the, the places or a place or a, an issue of national security or something like that. That's where it's immediately going to go to a fireable offense. Correct? Sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, does it make more sense? Otherwise, if if they just make the effort to move, you know, okay, we're not. We'll just move you to different departments. Mm-hmm. That's you know, that seems like the more obvious way to go if you can. Yeah. But there's some cases where it could really bring a company down if someone can exploit that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it definitely depends on the department and the, uh, the what they have access to. Okay. All right. Thank you, yeah. Stacy. And not only that, I would think, too, that, uh, you know, they, they see that if, a, if someone in a managerial position yeah. is dating a subordinate and it goes bad and that person wants to turn around and make it into a, uh, a legal thing. Yeah. Uh, then the whole company's got a, a firestorm they've got to deal That's with. That's it, yeah. That, that brings me back to the original question here of, like, what's the point of having Amy Roback and the guy off air? Uh, you know, what, what <laughs> they, do they win? What they framed it as is unwanted attention. I, I It's already out there. I don't get that. Yeah, I don't I, either. I, this is television. You want attention no matter what, well, you know, so I don't know. There's an opinion piece in the Inquirer today exactly about that. And yeah. they, they, they basically, the, the author says... 
you know, it's just, in, in in an age where Jeffrey Tubin, you know, had had his thing, and what they brought him back on yeah, any number of scandals. It was Jeffrey Tubin, I don't uh, remember. the reporter for CNN, who was caught pleasuring himself on a Zoom conference, uh, and so they they let him go. But then they brought him back, and then eventually let him go again for for other stuff. But if if that's oh, this is just simply people. And they're they're both contemporaries. It's not like one has the upper hand. It was consensual. It's consensual. They yeah. moved on from the right. uh, you know uh, previous partners. It seems to be a, a low level issue. You yeah. know. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's just uh, <laughs> a little bit more public than they want. I guess. <laughs> well, that's. But the thing is, they were kind of sloppy about. Right. They are high profile people, and there are pictures of him grabbing her ass as they're loading stuff out of a car. Uh, there's a picture of them holding hands and and. You know, canoodling. Yeah, you have to be, you, you've got to be really secretive about it. <laughs> There's, to do that. In the uh, um, uh, Guide for the Married Man, it's a great movie from the uh, from the 60s. The, you know, the, there's one, it's these different stories. And so the guy, you know, he say, you got it. You got to take the precaution. You got to do the precaution. So in one of the stories, the guy's like, he learns a different language. And he, he goes to, they find a hotel on the edge of Siberia. And the the other woman's coming in from around the world, and he's rolling across the Pacific, and he, he gets in there and goes running into her arms, and the door opens up, and it's the wife with the photographer. <laughs> <laughs> I want a divorce! Uh, <laughs> hang on, I want to go to uh, Ashlyn. Uh, hi, Ashlyn, good morning. Good morning, how are you? Great. What's your, what's your story with all this, Ashlyn? So, my boyfriend and I, when we first started talking, we were both in relationships with other people. And at the time, he was also my boss. So, we both broke up with who we were dating and started secretly dating each other. I got offered a higher position in the office I was working at, so he was no longer technically my boss at that point so we came out that we were dating and here we are four years later and we have a 16 month old together now okay and you're still working at the same company uh no we're not working at the same company anymore he's still at the same company i work for a car dealership now How, how long did you successfully hide it for uh almost a whole year all right what, what was the most elaborate thing you did to hide it for for people who are looking for advice on how to successfully hide their work relationships? What would you say is the main thing? Just don't make it too obvious. Like when you're both are in the same room together, try not to make eye contact with each other or, you know, like little flirty eyes and that kind of stuff, because then it's going to lead other people to actually think that there is something going on if you're trying to hide it. And Basically, act like you hate the person when you see them. <laughs> act like you I hate the person. I have to ask this. Was some of that kind of fun? It, it was fun. It was, for me, I'm a very big, I'm a nervous Nelly. So yeah. I was always, you know, in my head, like, okay, well, maybe this person knows. And he was always yeah. like, nobody knows. Just, like, stop thinking about it. Exactly, kind of yeah. Would you ever send or receive texts that were like, I can't stop looking at you, but I'm not going to do it? <laughs> I would. It's really funny because we would be sitting on opposite ends of the room and I would just get a text message from him that would be like, I see you. And it would take all of me not to look up and like look around. <laughs> I love that. I think it's great. It's just, uh, when you have those little flirty things, that, that's you awesome. know, again, yeah. Claire and I engaged in that, you know, and it is fun. There is 
there is an, uh, uh, um, oh, we're going to get caught, you know, but you don't want to get caught. What was fired. that? Uh, thank you, by the way, Ashlyn, uh, in in Top Gun. Uh, you know, oh, I don't want them to know that I've fallen for you. Yeah, yeah something yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. you know? Yeah. Oh, I sent Preston God. a really saucy text the other day in case he got jealous. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Really? <laughs> Texas, yeah. Yeah, I want to be a part of that. <laughs> because he's thinking saw... about rye bread all day. <laughs> he saw my reaction to it. He saw my face. Yeah. And I looked at Nick. It was while we were in the meeting. And t- the next thing you know, we get a text from Casey. He's like, I want to be a part hey, of this. Hey. Come on, man. Rye bread. <laughs> anyway, well, this this whole thing on, on Good Morning America... Uh, GMA three. When is so, GMA three? It's the third hour of Good Morning America. It's okay. a stupid, never ending right. morning show. <laughs> Cups of coffee, smiling. Well, they've uh, crap. They've pulled them off uh, the air for the time being. We from, talk about farts, quote unquote, yeah. cooling off period. So yeah, I thought <laughs> kind of interesting. Excuse me. All right, uh, it is uh, Tattoo Day. Just to remind you, you can text word tattoo to three nine three 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 and possibly win a Preston and Steve show themed tattoo. Uh, thank you to everybody who is on hold. I want to clear those phone lines because we got a little party coming up. Whoa! The it's tw- a Christmas yep. miracle! Yeah! It's on the Woo! 21st. And we would like to invite you right now, callers number 7 and 8 and 9 at 215-263-WMMR. You have to be at least 21 years of age, able to join us on the 21st. It's a Wednesday morning. We have Parks Casino and Ben Salem. And you have to know your press in the Steve Show trivia because that's the contest. You may get called up onto the stage. You can bring a guest with you. They will not be qualified for that. But there are other prizes that they can win while we're there. And we'll just hang and have a good time. We have live music. Yeah. We've got some added things this year, which is going to be really cool. I love where this is going. Uh, we also have online entries. If you want to go to WMMR.com or text word MIRACLE to 39333, we'll send you over the link. And you can enter that way. But we'll take callers, I believe, 789 and uh, we will set you up with a uh, admission pass to the party. We're going to take a break. We'll come back in a second. And don't forget, it's the Miller Lite Ugly Sweater Edition as well. So wear your ugly sweaters. Bizarre File stories are on the way when we return. Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Well, check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on MMR's mobile app. Want to see something funny? Uh, or maybe really messed up? Well, watch The Daily Rush at PrestonandSteve.com. It's a sight to behold. Or something like that. From 93.3 WMMR. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Bizarre. Preston and Steve's Bizarre Final. All right, it is brought to you this morning by Wawa. You got you covered with gift cards for everyone on your shopping list from Wawa gift cards, Wawa e-gift cards, or a gift card from your favorite brand. Happy holidays from Wawa. We will start with this story. A Florida Homeowners Association president and her husband were fatally shot by a neighbor over apparent HOA issues on Saturday. Did they specify what the issues were? They didn't, but the Martin County Sheriff's Office responded to a report of two people shot at Cedar Point Condominiums, uh, which is a complex for retirees. Uh, The couple identified as Ginger and Harry Wallace, who were both 81 years old, were found just feet away from their door with gunshot wounds in their chest. Harry Mm. was reportedly found clutching his house keys. The suspect, a guy named Hugh Hootman, 75 years old, was found in his apartment and surrendered to the SWAT team within 20 minutes of their arrival. 
Uh, he has reportedly been charged with two counts of first-degree murder. Uh, Ginger, the woman, was the uh, president of the condo complex's HOA, uh, and the couple had gotten into an argument with Hootman in the days prior to the shooting. I don't want to play in daffodils. Uh, Sheriff Snyder uh, said it does not appear, it does appear to us from witness statements that the shooter and Ginger had some sort of disagreement over HOA issues. Man. I don't know what those were, though. Sometimes they can get really testy, those things. Yeah. Uh, some people take, yeah. take it real personal. That is messed up, man. All right, a man was charged with biting a security officer's finger while he was publicly intoxicated, according to State College Police. Not a finger! Uh. An officer noticed Timothy Rossetti uh, staggering along University Drive. Rossetti tried to get into the driver's side of a pickup truck, but it was locked, so he proceeded to walk towards the McDade-Blasco Attorneys at Law Building (laughs) and was found inside by police. An officer... Uh, went to talk with Rossetti and noticed that he was visibly intoxicated, had a strong alcoholic smell and no shoes, and was confused as to where he was. Rossetti was asked how much he had to drink, which he said, clearly not enough, police noted. That's going to hurt his case. When asked if he knew where he was, Rossetti apparently said, here. He's answering the right way. He wasn't there at that time. Technically, he's not giving any wrong answers. No, no. Yeah. Uh, medical personnel were called to evaluate, evaluate him and uh, reported that he was uh, fine to be released to a relative, but afterwards he got angry and started yelling and cursing. Ah! Uh, then Rossetti was placed in handcuffs and driven to the uh, Mount Nittany Medical Center. While at the hospital, Rossetti was yelling in the emergency room and was aggressive, so he needed to be restrained. A security guard came, came over, a security guard, and that's when Rossetti bit the guard's finger. Uh, Rossetti faces charges of felony aggravated assault. I don't know to what intensity he was bitten, but he bit the dude's finger. All right, this is messed up, man. Canada's Veterans Affairs Office offered to assist a Paralympian and veteran to commit suicide when she sought to have a wheelchair lift installed in her home, according to the woman's lawmakers. Instead of that wheelchair, how about suicide? Yeah, so Christine Gauthier... A 52-year-old retired corporal who competed in the 2016 Paralympics at Rio de Janeiro testified to lawmakers that a VA official had offered in writing to provide her with a medically-assisted suicide kit. Uh, The case officer remains unnamed, but reportedly made similar offers to at least three other veterans. Gosh, they're awful pricey. Um, So uh, apparently the letter said, I have a letter, or she said, stated, I have a letter stating... That if you're so desperate, madam, we can offer you MAID, which is Medical Assistance in Dying. Uh, she had told the Veterans Affairs uh, Committee. Uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau... I want to con- ring doorbell, please. Just- How about suicide? Justin Trudeau co- uh, condemned the incident in a public statement on Friday after Gauthier said that uh, she personally wrote him a letter on the issue. Uh, Canada first approved medically assisted suicide in 2016, and the parameters around allowing it have since loosened. The law originally legalized... Assisted suicide only for those facing imminent death, but it now also includes those who suffer severe pain and disabilities. But I can't believe that guy, whoever this person was, sent that letter to not only her, but to other people. I'm going to save this department a lot of money. That is insane. Uh, A man admitted to killing his mother and severely injuring his sister at home in Kissimmee, Florida. Uh, Deputies responded to a report of a stabbing at a home. Inside, deputies found a gruesome scene. A woman stabbed to death and another with severe cuts to her hands. Investigators said the person responsible was identified as Matthew Stewart Sisley. 
Uh, he was only a short distance away from the crime scene. Sisley was taken into custody, later confessed to intentionally stabbing his mother and accidentally stabbing his sister. While detectives were conducting the interview, they asked if he believed that his mother deserved to die, and shockingly, he said yes. Mm. And then listen to this. This is why I put this in the bizarre file. The detective pushed for more information, asking Cicely why he killed her. His response was, because she never pushed me to be a man. Ah. The detective again asked if he regretted doing it, and he said, no, I would do it again. I'm not manly enough, Mom. I'm going to have to kill you. Cicely was uh, charged with aggravated battery with a deadly weapon. There might be some mental issues there. Facing some charges. All right, and then we'll do one more story and wrap it up. Let's end with this one. A resident in Davenport, Florida, isn't happy with a black bear that's decided to spend his nights in her neighborhood. Lynn uh, Racken uh, said that the bear has been wandering around the Thousand Oaks community for months. Uh, and the video, the bear can be seen uh, in the early morning hours just chilling out by a tree. Uh, Racken can be heard hey, saying in the video, no freaking way. Yeah, the bear said that? Uh, no, she said that. Oh, oh. yeah. At first, she said it seemed, a regular Saturday night thing. it seemed like the bear was interested in the Christmas lights, but that wasn't the case. No, no. He was eating her avocados. What? You know what I'm saying? She has an avocado tree. I'm going to suck on your avocados. And she whispered saying, that's not a good idea, pumpkin. This what? is what she was calling the bear, pumpkin. I said, that's not a good idea, pumpkin. Oh, you're going to take a nap now? Seriously? That's the commentary. You know me? According... <laughs> According to Rackin, the bear has been eating the fruit. I'm a Rackin, and I'm a Lycan. Off the neighborhood trees since he moved in. Uh, she said that she's contacted authorities, but she was told that they couldn't remove him. In the in the meanwhile, meantime, uh, she is uh, waiting to see if he'll hibernate. Uh, the Florida Fish and Wildlife Commission said black bears are typically shy animals and rarely attack people, but they have the potential to seriously injure or kill if provoked. You guys see the uh, trailer for Cocaine Bear yet? Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Based on the story you reported a couple years ago. Yeah. 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 yeah we'll wait and see. <laughs> cocaine Bear. And uh, and Ray, uh, or, wait, uh, who's in that? Um, a bear. No, no. The guy who passed away Ray recently. Ray Liotta? Ray Liotta's yeah. in that. Yeah, oh, yeah. is he? Was that his last movie? Might have been cocaine, cocaine bear. bear. What a wow. what a fitting end. Yeah. yeah. All right, and there you go. That's I mean, he he did do a lot of cocaine. He did. Fellas. He did. Yeah. Uh, and that's all I have in the B file for you this morning. All right, we will take a break and we'll come back. Don't forget, Chris Terrian uh, is going to be stopping in this morning because Chris has a book out. We're going to chat with him. Flyers had a win last night. They did. Defending Stanley Cup champion, so that ain't too bad. So we'll talk a uh, little bit about that as well uh, with Chris Terrian. We're going to take a break. Be back in just a second. Make sure you hang in there. MMR's early Christmas gift. Metallica Monday is now every day. Tune in at 12 noon each day during MMR's 12 Days of Metallica to score a pair of tickets to see both nights of their tour opening weekend stand at MetLife Stadium August 4th and 6th. Metallica embarks on their massive M72 world tour in support of their 12th studio album, 72 Seasons. They'll hit our area for two nights each with a completely different set list and opening bands. And MMR's got your shot to be in the house for all the mayhem of Metallica Live. Two-day tickets on sale now. WMMR.com for details, including how to score backstage invites to master distiller for Rob Dietrich's blackened tasting. It's 12 Days of Metallica with 12 winners daily at 12 noon from 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. As we head into the holidays, the uh, the shelves are overstocked and we need to clear some room. Oh my God. 
we're going to open up the uh, the general store and dig through some odds and ends this morning. There's the proprietor, Preston Elliott, up front waving everyone in. And he's got a whole bunch of stuff to sell you and a whole bunch of incredible stuff. And that's all I got to say. All right, that's all you got to say. Listen, obviously... Um, People are purchasing their Christmas trees sure. right now, and uh, there is an estimate that 84 million Americans plan to purchase a real Christmas tree. It's about 33%, uh, and will be faced with the task of getting it home safely. This, uh, is, uh, this is something that a lot of people... Uh, sometimes they love to attach the tree to their own car, and, and I've seen people fail miserably at it. Uh, it. You need to do it in the right way. According to this article, just like moving furniture, appliances, or other large objects, transporting a tree is no different. If not properly secured, a tree can cause vehicle damage, such as scratched paint, torn door seals, or distorted window frames. Even worse, it could fly off... <laughs> Uh, of the vehicle or out of it and become a danger to other drivers. Uh, so AAA's survey revealed that 44% of Americans who plan to purchase a real Christmas tree will transport the tree using unsafe methods. So almost half of people yeah. who are doing this are I saw, not. So we got, we, we got a small real tree from my wife's bedroom press, and she wanted just a real small tree. We have an artificial tree because it, where it is is a perfect area. It's right by the radiator, and we need to have the tree up for a long time. So we go with the artificial but uh, this guy must have spent like 20 minutes securing this tree to the top of this car. And in a way, you, you appreciate that because you, sometimes around this time of year, you'll drive along and see a tree off to the side of the road that didn't quite make it. Is there advice in this article, Preston, about using uh, the windows as places to <laughs> draw the rope through? Because I've seen more often than not oh, yeah. people being unable to either close and or open the doors <laughs> afterwards uh, because of the rope gets situated in such a way that they can't do it. A good question. It's a lengthy description on what you need to do. Okay, because you're supposed to just use the roof rack. You're not really supposed to use the if windows. If you don't right. have a roof rack, though, you've, you're left exactly. with no option. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll read what they recommend. Uh, so uh, you need to secure all the loose branches, and you can do that with rope, twine, or uh, you know, or the machine that they use. Right. Yes. Uh, the so. netter. Uh, prior to loading the tree, cover the roof with an old blanket to prevent scratches to the paint and protect the car from any damage. Place the tree on the roof rack or in the bed of the truck with the trunk facing, um, right, at the bed of the, yeah, truck yeah. With, with the trunk facing the front of the car. Okay. I, th- yeah. I was thinking the trunk of the car, not trunk the trunk of the tree. Of the tree. Yeah. Uh, if the vehicle does not have a roof rack... And as an SUV, a CUV, van, or minivan, place the tree inside. If not, rent or borrow a pickup <laughs> oh my truck. God. Also, by the rent. way, ask if you're buying. Now, depending on how far away you live from the place, but ask if they deliver. Yeah. A lot of places will deliver. Yeah, do we need to ask the expert here? Because yes. Connor works at Oh, Connor's a master. He's been doing tree sales yeah. for years and years and years. It's like mm-hmm. having Steve Jobs available for a computer discussion. Is that right? what it's like? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, so anyhow, uh, use a yeah. Where, where I left? I lost my place. Yeah, um, Borrow a pickup truck, a vehicle with a roof rack, or one that is large enough to accommodate the tree inside. Uh, secure the tree at its bottom, center, and top using strong rope or nylon ratchet straps. Avoid using the twine offered by many tree lots. Hmm. If you own a pickup truck, how often do people ask you to borrow it for things like this? I'm oh, sure quite sure. a lot. Every day? Yeah. Yeah. Connor, do you see people driving off and you're like, that one ain't going to make it? Uh, we try to teach our guys not to. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just tie it down. There was one last year. Guy tied it down. 
Um, and where we are, we're right on the corner of Westchester Pike. Car made a left. Tree kept going straight. Oh, oh, really? Do people insist on attaching it themselves? Or they, that's what you guys are there for, because Connor, you work at a very, a very hopping tree lot. Correct? I mean, we we say it's on you, yeah. as the purchaser. Oh. Um, but we will tie it down. Oh, okay. Um, there's many times where I'll go and I'll put it on their car, and I'll be like, "Oh, I'll go grab some string." I'm like, "Oh no, we got it." I'm like, "All right, cool. It's right. on you. I don't, I don't care then." So, all right. All right. Um, pickup trucks are the easiest. Throw it in the back. Um, if you have a sedan, it's and like a SUV minivan, sometimes it's just easier to throw it inside. Right. Um, so like so uh, sticking across with, partially out a window, you could do that, right? If, if it's not an obscenely huge tree, I have a sports back on my vehicle, so I can put down the back seats mm-hmm. and it'll go fully in. I've uh, even put them in like small sedans and have them sticking out the trunk. Okay, and you just yeah. tie down the trunk. A lot of sure. times, if you lock the trunk. Um, the mechanism will actually lock. You put the string through it, mm. tie it to the bottom, and then the trunk stays pretty shut. Right. Uh, okay. sure oh, yeah, yeah that's, I guess that's true, yeah. Okay. And a lot of times people aren't going far to get their Christmas trees. They're going to whichever lot is, you know, pretty much closest to their, their, their house. neighborhood. Yeah, but, but Sometimes uh, you drive to the Pine Barrens, but <laughs> yeah. I saw you laughing, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are fruit trees yeah. in certain forests. This year, boys, we're getting a sequoia. So this recommends once tied down, give the tree several strong tugs from various angles. That's not going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, to make sure that it's secured in place and will not come loose. Uh, drive slowly and take back roads if possible. Mm-hmm. Higher speeds can create significant airflow that can damage your tree or challenge even the best tied down method. What do you think is the best? The uh, So the, the netting? A lot of the places that we've gone to have that netting that really puts it kind of in a pouch. Or then there's just a... String that goes around. Ours is just the string from the baler. I prefer that. It's easier to cut off. Right. Um, If you do it right, um, it will stay compact. Um, Never go through the windows. um, Never go through the windows. Because people, unless you absolutely have to, some of the minivans, they have that, like, automatic sensor. So, like, if the string hits it, it'll just keep opening the door. So then you got to go through the windows. Okay. Otherwise, if you go through the windows, you can't open the door. So, like, some people will get in. And then they'll be like, hey, just go through the window. And then you're, you can't get out as the driver. Um, so you open up the doors. You go through around the frame back over and then just loop it around the top and um, and the roof of the inside. How long have you been doing sense? this, by the way? 14 years. 14 years. Tip the guys, right? Yes. Okay. Tip. All right. Anything. Just yes. Just a, from a dollar to a hundred. It doesn't matter. Yeah, just yeah. a tip. Yeah. Especially when it's raining. Right. And it's eight o'clock at night and yeah. it's cold <laughs> and we put two trees on your car and you just drive away. I just. don't know if it was you who showed me this last year, Connor, but there was a guy who did the, the windows thing and he couldn't open up any of his doors. So he ends up climbing, climbing to the driver's seat through the trunk. And <laughs> <laughs> that's the only way that he could get in the car at that point. Oh, that's funny. I feel yeah. like that was a movie. No. Or, or, or was it was it security was like camera? A, yeah, like it was just it's an the Instagram. Of the Christ. Some Instagram account or whatever. And, what, okay. Yeah, and I just saw the video but it cracked me up, and maybe you and I watch it together. Anyway, yeah, I'm sure that stuff happens all the time. Yeah, and, you, like, you'll see people, too. Um, if you are buying multiple trees and one tree is going to, say, like, your parents, and right. so you're taking this one home, let us know, not as we tie both down, and you're like, oh, yeah, this one needs to be let go, like, <laughs> first, and then we're going yeah. to our house, because now we have to retie everything. Right. What about, do most, do you think most of these places deliver, if you ask? I mean, we deliver. Yeah. Um, oh, there you go. A, a, a lot of them will. Yeah. Um, it all depends on the staffing. Right. Um, and, like... How much of a surcharge is that to deliver, depending on, I assume it's where the, how far away it is. Yeah, but, that's how we judge it, right. so we... Whoever, it's either me, another manager, or we give it to um, one of the other 
just employees. Right. Um, if we're too busy or something. What's and a rough estimate? Like 20 bucks? 30, 40, 50, okay. depending yeah. on where, okay. when. Because, like, sometimes going we, we don't class. get done until, like, 9 o'clock at night. <laughs> yeah. So if it's, yeah. a, if it's tomorrow night and, oh, can you just drop it off? It's like, yeah, by the time I drop it off to you, 15 minutes away, that's now half an hour from my house. Sure. Mm-hmm. I'm getting back at 10. Yeah. Right, so, right. Yeah. All right. Uh, what's the name of your lot and where are you guys? Wiggins Trees on the corner of... Westchester Pike, and I should know, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> You'll find us at uh, WigginsTrees.com. Um, we have two farms as well, one uh, West Town Road in Westchester and one in Cochranville. What, uh, West Town Lot, uh, the farm, I should say, is sold out. You can still go to Cochranville for Cut Your Own Trees, and we still have trees as well. Okay, cool. When do they cut? Usually, you know, usually at the months ahead of time, right? The trees? A lot of places do. Yeah. We get ours uh, a week before we get them. Oh. Um, so they're ours, fresh. ours yeah. we get our... Uh, Douglas firs from our farms locally. Okay. Um, the Fraser firs don't grow in the area, so we get ours from Bloomsburg. All right. All right. Thank nice. you, Connor from Wiggins Tree. He's wigging yeah. every day. He's wigging every night. He's, he's wigging and he's bugging. Wigging. Uh, all right. What else we have here? Let's stroll to the phone section ah. uh, in the store. And it's where you're going to find your jerk mates. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't know if we have any. Well, you know, we have pretty much everything. Now, why did that, Casey, why does that because not Because it's play? playing on the same channel. But why does it not alternate? That's, uh, okay, it doesn't uh, matter. I'll explain later. All right, anyway. Um, so, how much would it cost you to theoretically call someone on the moon? Um, it'd be about $1,000. Right. I don't need you to answer that question. I was going to give you the answer. <laughs> At the same time, calling Mars would cost about $650,000. Okay? Wow. That looks pretty expensive. And, and just text. You're not going to be doing it regularly or even on special occasions. But if your grandmother grandmother chose uh, Saturn as the planet she's going to retire to, that cost would cost, uh, it would run you about $3.2 million to call her and wish her a Merry Christmas. So how do we know this? Well, there's a, um, a group called tollfreeforwarding.com. They're a privately held international telecommunications provider based in L.A., and the calculations were made as part of a project to celebrate the 40th anniversary of the film E.T. Oh, because E.T. phones home. That is correct. Oh, okay. And they're fo- focusing on one scene in particular when E.T., which, by the way, did you guys know E.T.'s planet has a name? Yeah, I did. Well, I knew you would yeah. know. But no, you Queef guys... Splat. Does he say it? Queef Splat. No, Queef Splat. Well, that's how we say it. <laughs> no, it's called Brodo Asogi. No sad Brodo Asogi. Yeah. I like Queef Splat better. Yeah. Queef Splat's better. That's how we say it in our native tongue. Uh, so Which we have three. Eat- <laughs> you have three tongues? Yeah. Oh. One's in our butts. Okay. That's why we don't need bidets. Self-cleaning. Self-cleaning. Yep. It's like an oven. Uh... <laughs> Didn't know that, did you? No. I love that in uh, the, what was it, the Phantom Menace, where you see the ETs that are in the Congress, the Galactic right. Congress. Right, they're there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, when with Queetsplat, do they, in the movie, do they suggest how far it Yeah, is? well, there's a, there's a way to figure this out. So, um, he calls home. He calls uh, Queetsplat. He calls uh, Brodo. Yeah, can you put Mal on? And uh, so they they had some. They tried I don't to figure want out to talk to him. how much it would cost, and the number they came up with is uh, roughly 
Seventy-six quadrillion dollars. <laughs> Seventy-six quadrillion. Now that is. Let me tell you how many zeros that is. Three, six, nine, twelve, thirty, forty, fifth. That's fifty. It's a number with fifteen zeros after it. Okay, so that's how big a quadrillion is. Can I borrow seventy-six quadrillion dollars? So how did they come up with this figure? Well, they did proper research, and the starting point was the facts given in the movie's promotional material. That could be it. Yes. So not in the uh, in the actual the movie. dialogue, right? So it's known that Brodo Asogi is located at a distance of 3 million light years from Earth. Okay. So a light year is, let me see, 3, 6, 9, 12. So this is five, it's it's almost six quadrillion miles. Wow. Okay, okay so you think of like the, the sun is 93 million miles from Earth, so you put that in perspective. Yeah. All that's of a sudden, the, way out there. The plot really is starting to fall apart here. Yeah. It's three million light years away. I mean, that's three million years if you're traveling at speed of light to get here. Uh, yes. And how could he contact them? Well, maybe. They, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, we, we got we, call waiting. It yeah. would. <laughs> the the calls uh, or or broadcast signals can go at the speed of light. Yeah. So it would take three million years for it to reach there. I'm starting to not believe this movie anymore. I'm, I'm saying. Yeah, I'd like to speak to my jerk mate. Please. Maybe they. <laughs> yeah. Yo, ever heard of Jerkmate? You I wanna, do, B. You want to use your butt tongue, Absolutely. don't you? Absolutely. I got yeah. a butt tongue ready for you. Um, <laughs> Nick, maybe they found a way to communicate through a wormhole. All right, all right. All right. You're bringing me back Am I in. bringing it back in? Yeah. All right, so. It still seems absurd. It sure does. Yeah, my planet was a botanist. We know that. Uh, a full-blown accredited botanist. A light year is about six quadrillion miles. So to calculate the distance from Earth to uh, Queesplat. <laughs> Uh, we have to multiply that by three million, and you get a number. I can't even tell you what this would be. Uh, let me get you the number of zeros: three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen, eighteen, Hike. twenty-one zeros after it. All right, so so Nick, can you say? How, can you uh, be like septillion? Right, search. Yeah, yeah. How, what how, uh, a number with uh, with twenty-one zeros would be called? What? Uh, so sextillion. Sextillion. Okay, yeah. so so you oh, yeah. get seventeen. Yeah. You gotta be my regular birth plate. Yo, ever heard of jerkmate? My regular what? Birth plate. Is that? That's a they don't work on birth plate. Birth plate. Yeah. Yeah, you're off work yeah, now, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> of course. Ah, oh, that's an insane distance. <laughs> I want everyone to meet ET. Oh my God! He's the new ba- the new cooler. Right. Oh, he works at the Double Deuce on... Yeah, on yeah we just hired me. Yeah. <laughs> it's Man, funny because I thought you'd be bigger. Imagine they've got on this planet, they have this bar where all the, the toughest yeah, of yeah. those ETs <laughs> oh, yeah, like hang the, out. The cantina, yeah, right? And they, and they brawl, but they're all those those little... That's your movie, Roadhouse and the Cantina. Oh, my God. Right? Yeah. That's a tough bar to bounce. So they calculated uh, the cost per mile of an international call from California. They made a list of the cost per minute of a call to literally every country in the world and multiplied it by 10 to get the cost of a 10-minute phone call. Uh, They calculated the cost per mile for each country by dividing the cost of uh, each 10-minute call by the distance to each of the countries in California. The average cost that they got was essentially four one-thousandth of of a penny of a dollar per mile. So, uh, did we discuss or did we miss the part? Time wise, to place that call to send a message out, 
to get to that home planet, how many years would that take? It would take, take three million years. Three, okay, yeah, I missed if that they, part. If there are three million light years yeah, from Earth, right. then it would take three million years. <laughs> it's going to be a while. <laughs> you guys start dinner without me, it's going to be a while. <laughs> But I, but I posited maybe they found a way to communicate through, through a, a wormhole, through a wormhole yeah, 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 and, yeah. and they can do it a little more quickly. Uh, so they came up with 76 quadrillion miles. Mm. Uh, so they multiplied the four one-thousandths of a cent by 17 sextrillion, sextillion, yes. what is it? Sextillion. And that's how they, they got the number of 17 quadrillion uh, dollars. Did you ever, when you were a kid, or, or when you first started using the phone, did you ever make like a long distance? M- my brother did one time a long distance call, just screwing around, and, we, and the bill came in. It was it was up there, it wasn't? Like, yeah, I, yeah, I was thinking about that the other day about long distance calls, and that was that was a big deal. Was a huge. I deal. have to call a long. I have to make a long distance call because yeah. it was they were expensive, and um, I don't remember how expensive because by the time I started paying bills, I right. didn't really have to worry about long distance calls that much anymore. And your cell phones. Right, yeah, and, yeah. And you can call anywhere in the world. And and your plan covers it. Right, know? right, right. It's crazy. Yeah, but remember having to wait till nights and weekends? Oh, yeah. yeah. There were nights time? and weekend hours, yeah. Yeah. What time did nights start? Nine. Nine? You had to wait that, that late. Nine? Yeah, yeah. Man. Or, or... You call late on Borf Black. Uh, you remember there was a there was an old commercial that ran for for calls where and it was the um, you're making a collect call yeah and you have a collect call from uh, Mr. Adam Baby It's a boy right <laughs> <laughs> which yep. was essentially them saying that they just had a boy right, right, and yeah, they yeah. didn't want to pay for long distance calling because the uh, the operator would ask the person in the other line if they wanted to accept the call or not so it was Adam Baby It's a boy we did that's that like a great campaign technology, yeah. Yeah. that was a great campaign well, we, by the way we did that I mean we would collect call our parents and go. Uh, you know, you have a call from pick me up now, please. You know, yeah. and they say no, I don't. I'm not going to accept the call. And I'm surprised and, they would let that through. Yeah. When I was, uh, I, I got to study in France when I was a kid, and I was uh, really homesick one time, and so I wanted to call and talk to my mommy, <laughs> and uh, I did, and that ended up. <laughs> I talked to her for far too long from France to the U.S. International phone calls, man. They were like, how much? Of, you remember? It was like 650 bucks. What? what? Yeah, because I talked to her for a while, and it was just like, and I think calling from France to the U.S. was more expensive than calling from the U.S. to France. Jeez. And, like, uh, give me an idea. Talk for a half hour, probably something like that. Yeah. Six hundred dollars. In fact. When I went, ended up going back a few years later, you would get um, calling cards, and the calling cards yes. would have a chip on them, and right. you could buy like an hour of calling, and then use that. And you would have to go to specific pay phones. It was a, a did really you get your ass kicked, or what did they? They they um, suggested maybe I keep those phone calls cheaper the next time. But that was 1989. You know, yeah. that, that was yeah. the only option. That you, there was no email. There was no other way to connect. And yeah. right now, you can just do it via WhatsApp. Or if you, I think, right. if you are at a hotel staying in France or whatever, and you have Wi-Fi. You can call back to the states for free at this I point. I believe right? that's the case. Here, yeah. Hang on, I have um, Colin. What's coming on that type of thing? Okay. Hi, Colin. Good morning. Hi, Grandma. Hi, Hi Grandma. Hey. What's up, Colin? Hey, so uh, overseas we would use uh, Wi-Fi calling. So, like, I have T-Mobile, and I wouldn't have any cell service, but you're on Wi-Fi, and it was completely free. Wow. And the, the, the I would call into the station. I got on with you guys before. Over Wi-Fi calling, and you wouldn't even notice that yeah. you yeah. were 5,000 miles away. Huh. That's pretty wild. Yeah. I, not just, amazing. like, WhatsApp and all, but you can use Thanks, Facebook, Colin. Instagram. You can make phone calls over those apps, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Uh, but What do you use that, then? Well, yeah. yeah. You're going to save yourself up $17 quadrillion, uh, and that's a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see where else we're going to go. Let's stick in the let's stay in the phone aisle uh, because 
It's a big aisle. This was an interesting one. The European Commission is making plans to ensure that European airline passengers can stay connected uh, with what's happening on the ground while suspended thousands of feet in the air. The new rule will put an end to frequent flyers having to put their phones in airplane mode as airlines will be required to install 5G technology on planes. Well, you know, so speaking of that Wi-Fi thing, when you're if you're on a on a Wi-Fi signal on a jet, mm-hmm. uh, which is a local network, but yet you're you're able to you're able to tie in. You could watch Netflix. You could watch anything. So you should be able to conceivably make a Wi-Fi call from your plane. I don't correct? know if you guys remember when I was on the way back from Arizona, I hopped on our conference call at six o'clock because I right. bought I Wi-Fi and to watch the Phillies game. Yeah, it sounded fantastic. Yeah. In fact, it sounded in some ways better than locally. Yeah, it, we were we were blown away by that. Huh. Um, so, do you guys ever put your phone in airplane mode? Yeah. When you're, when oh, you're, yeah. And there's a yeah, lot of I times don't. I don't, Preston. And it, and it's not me being this big defiant. I just never really, even they mention it. I want to listen to the cockpit. Do it. You know or, when I do it uh, specifically? Hey, doing up there. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm, uh, who's making the call? If I'm in a place with no signal, it's smart to put it on because you'll lose battery life really quickly if you, um, keep it in, uh, you know, active. So, like, if you're in a place... Does it keep searching? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and so it's a great way to maintain battery. Um, Hmm. And I do it on the plane. Um, And you you only... Keeping it in airplane mode... once, once they get up and cruising, you don't have to, right? Or well, they, is it other way? There is this longstanding perception that it screws with... It could conceivably screw with the uh, communications. Uh, and I've heard that debunked, so I don't know. It just kills the battery, yeah. so that's why I do it. Yeah, but I mean, I'm curious what the... Uh but, what, by the what way, the reasoning is behind having airdrop D-picks to the other passengers. Uh, <laughs> and, and in hospitals, too. Oh, the, in hospitals? A lot of times there are signs that are, you know, turn your phone off or put it in really? an airplane. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Uh, I, mean, I never do. I don't know why. Because like, you're a rebel. I guess that's it. Uh, so, apparently the updated frequency bands will allow for streaming of data, hungry videos, and music apps, along with the use of making phone calls mid-flight. That's been a revelation, having yeah. the ability to do that. Yeah. Uh, Press, I'm, I am not a sign reader, so if, if there's something that says that in a hospital, I have never seen that, but I'm also... It used to be at Riddle. Yeah, yeah I, I'm just not in the regular practice of, like, looking at sign. It, it, it happens all the time where I'll, mm-hmm. hey, do you know where the bathroom is? <laughs> and yeah. then they'll, like, look up and they'll point to the sign that says, you know, you know bathroom down this way. Right, like, yeah. Maybe I should just read the signs. <laughs> Why do you think that is? I don't know. Huh. I, I think maybe I'm desensitized to signs. I I don't really. That's so funny. I don't know. I do it to kill time. Like I like reading signs. I, oh I read God. signs yeah. too. Yeah. Like on, on road trips, signs are entertainment to me. How about the That's signs? Different, like billboards and stuff like that, yeah. and signs like that. Yes, but when I'm like, I guess in buildings too. Yeah, like if I'm bored, I'm like, it's almost like picking up a cereal box. <laughs> How about the uh, historical signs? Oh, I couldn't give two crap. Oh, about I read those all the time. We got tons of them around. Absolutely, here. yeah. I love those. You go out on any trail or path, you're going to see a whole bunch. I read that Kelpius cave sign 5,000 times. You learn stuff. Yeah. Um, so, like, uh, you know, if you are trying to find your way around a building you're not familiar with, right? You'll you'll just. No. Okay. If, I, if I need to do something. If you some, need to. Okay. If I, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'm like, walking, but you know. If they're saying, don't do this or this is not allowed, uh, right. you it will just kind of. Yeah, Sometimes right it's just him. easier to go oh. to every suite in the building and say, is Dr. Philby here or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah do those sort of things, thing. as far as navigation is concerned, and maybe when I talk about uh, there being uh, uh, like restroom sign or something like that, maybe that's that's inaccurate because 
Uh, it becomes I, sort of white noise to you? It, it, that's right. it has got to be, that's the best expl- explanation for All it. Right. Here's a text that says, Officer, I apologize. I was speeding. I'm just not a sign reader. <laughs> <laughs> that's from Brett, by the way. No, I I suffer from the white noise thing, and I get it on um, restaurant menus. So if, like, all of the font is in one way, and then, like, the center of the, the menu has, like, a different colored box... With uh, rest- with menu items in it, I totally just mm. look over it. Hmm. Huh? See if that. See if you get that. Maybe we synergize there. <laughs> we might. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see what else we got. We're okay. gonna do something else. Walk through the forest, uh, whatever the hell it is. <laughs> <laughs> the star. Uh, so suicide deaths. We've heard that uh, they spike during the winter holidays. It's been the long-standing perception. Yep, but it's the contrary. Historically, yes. December has the lowest suicide death rate. Uh, yet that myth uh, that suicide deaths increase in the jolly season persists, potentially putting people who are vulnerable at risk, according to psychologists. In fact, local psychologists, researchers at the uh, Annenberg Public Policy Center. Annenberg. At uh, University of Pennsylvania, <laughs> University of Pennsylvania, found close to 900 media references to the holiday suicide myth over the past 23 years, and in only nine of those 23 years, were there more stories debunking the myth than supporting it? Do you think and, people will um, kind of keep it in the back of their minds you know, that, that are suicidal that they? I don't want to do this. Around the holidays, because then it might ruin the holidays for... I don't know. I wonder. Maybe some. I don't know. Uh, The latest analysis, though, released on Monday, found that during last winter, uh, only 25 stories made the connection between the holidays and rise in suicide, but more than half portrayed it as true. Uh, The holidays and the end of the year can be an emotional time for people, according to Dan Romer, a psychologist and research director at the Annenberg uh, Public Policy Center. Uh, he said that some people might feel anxious taking stock of the past year, while others might struggle with shorter days and seasonal affective disorder. Uh, the holidays can be specifically difficult for people who don't have family to spend the occasion with. Romer said the holiday suicide myth might come from a place of good intentions, wanted help and shed light on a problem, but it can be harmful when suicide is portrayed as a popular way to solve a problem. He said it's, it can yeah. have a contagious effect. No, I don't doubt that. that. Yeah, I, I don't see that. that. Yeah. Suicide is a leading cause of death of young people in the U.S., according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The overall number of suicide deaths increased uh, by 35% between 1999 and 2018. Uh, The rate declined in uh, 2019 and 2020, but it rose again last year when nearly 48,000 people died by suicide. Uh, The suicide death rate does vary through the year and is actually the lowest in December. It's the lowest. Mm. In 2021, there were 15% more suicide deaths in August than there were in December. Uh, Romer sees some progress toward ending the myth, though. Large publications rarely make the false claim uh, that suicide death increases during the holidays anymore. Uh, But the myth remains common at smaller local media outlets. Uh, And while there could be harm in repeating the holiday suicide myth... That should not discourage anyone from reminding others to reach out to people in their lives who might be lonely or having a hard time during the holiday season. Good idea. And there is the 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. Yes. Now available. Uh, It's available in more than 150 languages. You can just call or text 988 
um, and they can uh, they can help you out. There are people there who want to help. Yep, and that's what they can do. But uh, interesting, very interesting. All right, uh, let's, let's do some more shopping. Okay. That's the suicide aisle. Yeah. And there's a whole aisle yeah. for it? I didn't even realize that that was... An aisle that we went down. I got to ask you, why did you put that in? <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's go to. Let me see. I have a bunch of different things here. How about this one? Uh, while rats are no stranger to New York City, officials are attempting to find solutions that curb the relentless rat population that continues to climb. Uh, after New York City Sanitation Department reported that residents complaining about rats were up by 71% oh my, oh my in, in a city that it's always had a rat issue. Well, it's, it's way up. Yeah. Uh, the mayor's office announced uh, that their plans to hire a director of rodent mitigation. Yeah. The new hire... An RM. Will earn between $120,000 and $170,000. That's not too shabby. Yeah, and help keep rat, of cheese. rat populations in check. Uh, oh, so they're going to play chess. Uh, the push to crack down on rising rodent rates has led to restrictions on uh, when New Yorkers can curb their trash bags. Yeah. Uh, and even the creation of an anti-rat T-shirt that uh, quotes sentiments from a press conference held uh, by the sanitation commissioner that reads, The rats don't run this city. We do. Uh, I I saw an expert, uh, and they, they're, they're looking at a couple of uh, different people who are well-known for rat extraction, talking about the different measures that they go to. I didn't realize, and I forget what breed, it might be, might be your dogs, uh, Preston, their breed, that are bred to go after rats and uh, things like that. Yorkies are. Yeah. Um, so are, um, I believe, um, dachshunds. Yeah. Aren't there literally a breed, isn't there a breed called rat terriers? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. know yeah. what? They might, it might be them. As well, so uh, but uh, and yeah. then rat bastards. They're having right. a uh, they're having a big boom of uh, of rat issues. I, I mean, I, I remember years ago, Preston riding the subway and seeing rats yeah. that were literally the size of cats. Steve, when you saw this expert, was there any hope? I mean, because it seems like it's a hopeless situation. It is a multi prong effort. Yeah. You got You can't just you can't rely on one. And and um, you, yes, it can. And in fact, they did for a while have it uh, under pretty good control. But you have to remain. You know, vigilant, yeah. and you have to do it in multiple levels. It's funny you mentioned uh, the dogs and, and our, uh, you know, our Yorkies and their terriers, obviously, but they, you know, they're, they're the sweetest, most loving animals in the world. <laughs> but if you see, and, and it's, you know, it's like portrayed in the movie yeah. Up. If there's a squirrel, if there's a rabbit, if there's any kind of furry little thing, even a bird, yeah. they turn feral. Uh-huh. Well, it's bred into them. It's just okay. <laughs> You, it's it's like the Terminator. You can't reason with them. Uh-huh. They don't show remorse. It won't it stop ever. Like, like if a... you're a squirrel, <laughs> it won't stop. But I'm. I'll be sitting there going to Haley. Stop, hey, 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 and like just no acknowledgement <laughs> whatsoever. They that don't I, bark. I'm the master, <laughs> and I do not exist at that point. You at can't all. stop them. No, they don't listen at all. But that's what they're bred to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> all right. Um, I think we can get one more. All right. Yep. Let's head down. We left. Uh, we went to the suicide aisle to the rat. Yes. And now we're going to the narcotics aisle. Oh, great. Let's go to the pharmacy. <laughs> the store is yeah, really uh, 
added some new uh, interesting aisles. So the country's first over-the-counter magic mushroom shop is open in Portland Whoa. with a semi-legal setup that flaunts the state's trailblazing uh, psilocybin therapy legislation. So the Shroom House yes, is what it's called. Uh, and they're selling psychedelic fungi with catchy names such as Knobby Tops and Penis Envy, hmm. uh, ranging from 70 to $95 per 7-gram baggie. Aren't those tasty cakes? No. Penis Envy? Nope. <laughs> Knobby Tops might be. Oh, yeah. I don't really know. <laughs> By the way, the, the names of uh, strains of marijuana, yeah. and now obviously they're going to do it with these, are a lot of fun. <laughs> there's a, there's like a porn lot, titles. There's a lot of great yeah. names. I was going to say like nail polish, but porn titles. Porn titles too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, shaving Ryan's privates. Exactly. Things like that. Uh, people over 21 can score shrooms considered considered a Schedule One substance federally uh, by showing two forms of identification and filling out an application that asks about depression, anxiety, and other ailments uh, before buying. The hallucinogenic goodies. Customers must fill out the paperwork to become a member of the Shroom House Society. Shroom House. The application states the business's board will consider your application, at which time it will be rejected or accepted. And then you go to the Shroom Sorting Hat. But a reporter at the Alt Weekly was able to order mushrooms roughly five minutes after submitting the paperwork. Oh, so they're very, very... <laughs> yeah. Much horses uh, yeah. forever. Uh, Oregon passed law in 2020 allowing facilitators, that's what they call them, facilitators, to give patients psilocybin, the active ingredient in psychedelic mushrooms, as a mental health treatment and guide them through trips at licensed centers. Uh, the law forbids the drug from being sold at retail shops and says it must be taken on-premises at the state-approved centers under the guidance of a worker trained in a program approved by the Oregon Health Authority. So they are throwing seahorse parties. But the Shroom House doesn't appear to be following those rules, and many are simply betting that uh, maybe the police won't really care because it's not a, you know... I wonder how that will affect things. ...or something like yeah. that. Yeah, but... Because if they're tripping and they walk out... We're looking at a photo... Yeah. Of, uh, well, listen, I doubt people are going to go into the store and eat them right there and then have their trip. You know, I have a How feeling, does it work, do you think? Uh, I think they just take it and go to their seahorse pot. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a while, too. Yeah. I mean, does it? Seahorses. Whatever. 45 minutes an hour. Wow. To take effect? That's yeah. a delay. Yeah. So uh, we're looking at you a picture. You have time to go in and, uh, go, in and uh, go to court. We're taking a look at this picture of the, uh, of the shroom house. And, yeah. yeah, apparently they had... Like a huge line when they first opened up and parking was ridiculous and stuff like that. You saw the same thing in New Jersey when they started yes. selling yeah. uh, 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 marijuana that was... Uh, why is Bill in here? He's delivering me mushrooms. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm curious. <laughs> my son, I'm like, this is an odd conversation to Bill. Usually Bill walks in when he wants to say something. Yes. No, I guess not. Are you delivering mushrooms? I'm sorry for the intrusion. It's okay. <laughs> I did text Nick uh, last night that the books from Chris Terrian arrived. Oh. oh okay. Yeah. So I think maybe you texted uh, Nick Murphy because you did not text me last night. Oh. oh my so Murphy knows that the We have time to read them. So I'm I'm really sorry. No, 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 I actually I was carrying on an office tryst with Kathy Romano. Down <laughs> down. That's what I was doing. Yeah, yeah. Understandable. Yeah. Submitted. Send it on the air. It's all we good. Do it. It's all good. Uh, we do it. Now on to HR. Thank but now you. that I know that like you could just walk in the middle of a meeting or whatever. I'll... Hey, he knows we have a guest coming up and figured we could read the books before. Yeah, uh... yeah. that was nice. I thought I was in trouble again. Uh, I think that this place is going to be a gold mine. I mean, like when, when yeah. it's the first of a kind, and uh, then there'll probably be other ones in, in Portland over a matter of time. You know, they get on. They get, they're getting in on the ground floor. It's going to be interesting to see. 
They better keep it on the ground floor. <laughs> yeah, where it goes and how it goes. Uh, yes. Yeah, and and uh, it, you know whether or not they'll be able to expand with the. With this formula or not, or if it's going to be have to be more clinical, yeah. you know, we'll have to wait. Combine and, it with the rock com- climbing wall. Yeah, but I mean, like the the marijuana uh, medical marijuana places, when you go into them, it's like a pharmacy. They yeah. they have quote unquote pharmacists that are there to help you out and find out what you're looking for. And in the states where they exist, they're just generally accepted at this point. You know, there's not a whole lot of uh, hullabaloo about a new one opening up. But right. This is a, this is new, and people uh, you know react to the NIMBY principle and don't want that in their backyard. So I get it. Right. And uh, I'm, I, I haven't uh, seen what the uh, the latest in New Jersey is with uh, uh, you know uh, recreational. There was and, that one in uh, in Wayne that was supposed to open up. It was the old tire store, and then it was a Starbucks for a number of years, and it's still not open. There was it was supposed to be. I don't think it's recreational. Nah. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, so no. it's medical. Uh, it's still not there, you know. So the people when they, if, if they put up a fight, they can prevent these places from opening. I want to fight you. <laughs> Rizzo didn't like it. Rizzo, not a fan of the. I want to fight you. <laughs> what if Rizzo ever got high? Absolutely. You're going to have a hell of a story. On that. <laughs> go down that alleyway and we'll do some shrooms. I want to go to the seahorse party. <laughs> a lot of years. I'll take you over to the seahorse party. <sighs> By get myself. away from me. I saw somebody wearing a crumb bum pin, pin oh, the yeah? other day. Oh, yeah. That's great. That was the best. I had my socks on the other day. Your crumb bums. And yeah. that's from who? who? Um, South Fellini. That's it. Mm-hmm. The guys on East Passion Avenue. You're a real crumb bum. And that's it. And I'm doing shrooms. Yeah. All night And long. I'll do it along with you. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. And my penis looks like a unicorn. <laughs> I will go back to that wall with the three of you. And we'll do the shrooms. Right then and there. Just the three of us, four of us, me and you. <laughs> that's, the that's actually... He says three of us, four of us, and then says two people. Me and you. Yeah, he was high. He was, I'm, sure he was I'm wasted. Not good at counting. <laughs> Just the three of us, four of us, me and you. Just me. Just the three of us, the four of us, the seven of us, the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, me alone. Mm. Get away from me. Get away from me. Get away from me. <laughs> not even really a horse. <laughs> Yeah. He's still on the seahorses. Yeah. Seahorses forever. All right. You're a lush. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. That's where that started, right? Yeah. You're a lush. You're a lush creep crumb creme brulee crumb bum. No. You're a crumb creep. You're a crumb creek. What's the one that says I was a cop here, Casey? Uh, left left hand. Uh, he says I was a cop all my life, and I know a lush when I see one. I was a cop all my life, and I know a lush when I see one. And you're a lush. You're a lush. <laughs> You're a crumb creep lush coward. <laughs> You're a crumb creep lush coward with Jimmy's. <laughs> You're a yellow sneak. Ooh. <laughs> with Jimmy's on top. He's going to be creating his menu. And a cherry. It's your make your own crumb bum. Right. Yellow sneak could be a shroom flavor. Yeah. Ooh, and you're a yellow sneak. Crumb bum could be because you yeah. can you have crumb Crumbles. uh ice yeah. creams. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Great idea. That could be our next flavor. I am Frank Rizzo with the kind of ice cream I think you're really going to love. It's called Crumb Bum. I Just like the it. three of us, four of us, me and you. Mm. And I'll do it along with you. Yep. How many scoops would you like, uh, Mr. Four, Rizzo? Three and one. Mm. Yeah. One, two, three. Okay. <laughs> and face painting for the kids. Oh. But I, uh, I eat spray paint. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you're going to have a hell of a story on that one. <laughs> Just me. Oh, just me. Okay. All right. There you go. You're blue. 
<laughs> it just paints your whole face blue. <laughs> face painting for the kids. It's not a little butterfly. Yeah, you know. Yeah. No. There you green. <laughs> <laughs> With spray paint. Your yellow snake. Oh, and yellow. He's got a can of yellow. Yeah, there. I made you a snake. Yeah. A yellow snake. All right. All right. Uh, we got to close up shop. But yeah. uh, thank you all for stopping by to see what's on the shelves. Provide the best in Elliot. General songs always open to the general public. Mm-hmm. All right. So we will come back in a moment. And the aforementioned Mr. Chris Terrian will be here nice. in our studio. And he does indeed have a book out. We're going to talk to him about that. Stay with us. We'll be back. Oh, and uh, we're on Music News time. We have a concert announcement to yes. make as well. So we'll be back in a moment. Stay with us, you creep. MMR's early Christmas gift. Metallica Monday is now every day. Tune in at 12 noon each day during MMR's 12 Days of Metallica to score a pair of tickets to see both nights of their tour opening weekend stand at MetLife Stadium August 4th and 6th. Metallica embarks on their massive M72 World Tour in support of their 12th studio album, 72 Seasons. They'll hit our area for two nights each with a completely different set list and opening bands. And MMR's got your shot to be in the house for all the mayhem of Metallica Live. Two-day tickets on sale now. WMMR.com for details, including how to score backstage invites to master distiller for Rob Dietrich's blackened tasting. It's 12 Days of Metallica with 12 winners daily at 12 noon from 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. We are happy to have our next guest in the studio with us this morning. He has got a book out, his memoir, which is called Road to Redemption. He's been a professional hockey player, a professional broadcaster, and he's just a professional nice dude. Please welcome Chris Terry to our show this morning. I love fabrications. <laughs> nice to see you, man. Good to see you guys, too. And Marissa as well, too, under the weather, yeah. but still looking yeah. and doing a great job. Well, and then for Kathy, who's like out, out, she's under yeah. the weather. Everybody's yeah. feeling sick these days. Hey, great to be here. Congratulations on the book. Thanks. How long in the work, in the in the making now? You know what? That book took me about a, a good... I probably, if I would have stayed right on, I probably could have done it in a month, three weeks or a month, just straight time. But yeah. it took me it took me a year okay. like about to put it out. I mean, there's a lot of memories that come back. And sure. you, you got to search back each year. You know, it, the good thing writing a book, I think if you're an athlete and you played a long time and you had a, a structure every year, you can almost pinpoint the beginning yeah. of every single year you lived because of the start of each hockey year. And you I remember guess. that. And yeah, there, there's there's already people recording stats and information on you. Yes. So you're, you're sort of... There's a biography in the works... Anyway, so to call from that information, I think the hardest part would be, especially since this is, a, you know, about your redemption and your, uh, um, you know, uh, becoming alcohol free and, and, and that chapter yeah. of your life beating that. Um, the hard part is wh- how you want to put that in, how you want that to come across, because I'm sure the impetus for this is to help change other people's lives as well. Correct. You know, it's really funny because I, I had a, a call probably five, six, seven years ago to to, from the same book company, yeah. Triumph. They said, would you like to do a book? And I said, yeah, I, I don't know. If... I was broadcast, and I think right. I just went to TV at the time. I said, I don't know if I have a lot of time to do it. So I think this book actually became Lou Nolan's book, the mm-hmm. first one, where like, if, if these walls could talk, yeah. which is a great book, like hockey stories. So they approached me a couple of years again. It was Wayne Fish who said, hey, do you want to do, do a book again? Do you want to think about doing a book? Because, they, you know, like, there's not a lot of guys that played 
as long as you did in this market. Right. And people, I think, would have an affinity to kind of hear some of those stories and, and talk about maybe one of the most polarizing times in the 90s with, you know, what went on and everything. It was like a soap opera at times, but also the, most, the least known era of Flyers hockey that I think was the best yeah. was that 90s and early 2000s. So I said, let me memorialize it. But when the guy, you know, when they called from the book company, I said, I actually... I'm ready to actually share a story that goes far beyond what hockey was to me. It was a story of of redemption, my alcohol, uh, you know, and how that affected my career late, my last year, how it affected my family life, especially my kids. It's a profound issue. It's awful. And it was an awful feeling. It was gut-wrenching. But for me to do this the right way, I had to be completely honest and get bare myself completely naked to be able to be truthful and honest with who I was, the changes I made, and the things that I have to do every single day to make sure that that never, ever happens again. Mm-hmm. I love hockey. I love the sport. Uh, I loved uh, when you were playing, Chris. And I'm fascinated by the drug and alcohol culture that exists within the yeah. sport. That's sort of this known secret. You know, it's, it's, it's under the surface a lot of the time. I think about guys like Mike Richards, who was the captain and, yeah. and had to deal with some oxy issues after he retired. Yeah. Um, and it's a really difficult cycle that players, especially in hockey, get in because they get the crap beat out of them from night after night, right? So then they have to fight the pain. And then uh, then they get addicted to the painkillers uh, and the, in order to be able to play again. And then they sort of wash that down with a couple of beers. Um, what can you say about the type of drugs and alcohol that were in the league and... and um, you know, how can you, I don't know, bring some light to the, that type of an issue? Yeah, well, I think the, the, there's no doubt that it was part of the culture of, of the sport, right? Especially drinking. Like, that was the way, and it's funny, when I go back and even my childhood, like, I remember my dad or, or buddy, close, close buddy said, when you go, you're a hockey player, you know, you go out and have a beer or two with your teammates after, and that's part of how it is. You know, you're having that beer, being around those guys off the ice is, a, is as important as what you do on the ice. And booze was your issue, right? Of course. Yeah, yeah nothing else. Like, I've never done a drug. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, weed is, you know, if you want to call it that, but, yeah. but you know, but... I mean, but that's actually transcended. Alcohol is actually a forbidden drug now in the pro sports industry. Huh. And that's because that culture, it gets in you. It's liquid. It stays in. It, 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 it makes you fat. Yeah. It stays in your body overnight. It doesn't leave. So what do, and, and I, listen, I'm not, you know, naive enough. I certainly was not one of those people. But guys are going to do something. They're still going to do something if it's not drinking. Right. And the drug that. I know, has made a comeback, has been cocaine. Yeah. Which was prevalent in the 80s. If you talk to NHL players from the 80s and 70s, cocaine and booze, then it went to booze and painkillers. Now it's gone back to cocaine because it leaves your body in 30 hours. It almost seems bizarrely, like, nostalgic. Like, like, because it was was of a time. And and yet, yet here it is. You you talk, you write in the, in the, in the book, I was reading some of the excerpts. And um, you had your epiphany. So my brother's uh, recovering, you know, and has been doing great for, for a long time. Um, you know, Casey's been very candid with his, his yep. issues as well. And, and, um, you talk about a moment where you were going through your closet. You found, I guess it was a shoe or something with you, what you thought was a water bottle in it mm-hmm. and ex- explain what happened. That was a month actually after I'd stopped. Yeah. And, and, um, I was cleaning up my closet, just trying to get myself back on a path again, like anybody yeah. knows. And, you know, probably trying to do something accountable, like clean my closet. Right. And. I found this water bottle, like, in an old shoe, and I, I opened it, smelt it. It was about an ounce and a half of vodka. Yeah. yeah. And that was, like, my goodbye. Right. I swigged it, rinsed the bottle out, and threw it in the trash, and that was the last time I ever put alcohol on my lips. And I wasn't even planning on it. Yeah. I found it. I'm, and it was kind of like my surreal goodbye to the worst, best lover I ever had I think, in my life. I think everybody, <laughs> like, my brother knows that exact moment. He had a, a talking to from a, from a co-worker 
who, who you know, he was cursed by the fact that he he was able to do his job. And so, so there was no, there was no crash that made, you know, there's an obvious, we had Steve Owen here a little while ago and yeah. you know, the obvious crash. So, but he had that, that moment, that epiphany from a coworker who had also been through it. And that's when, and he, he, he considers that moment, he considers his, his entrance into, um, or, or like when he, when he finished AA, his birthday, his, his real, his now yes. his birthday. And I mentioned that as yeah. well in the book. I mean, there's, you know, alcoholism's tough because I mean, there's, you know, there's the, what the hardest part, I think telling the story was where, you know, someone said, I had to drink in a game once, my yeah. last year. And that was the, for me, I think when I still go back in it. And then I found out there's other guys who said, well, you know, I drank over the years too and before. But this for me was not about drinking because it was fun. Right. I was drinking because I was afraid I was going to collapse or I was going to have a seizure. Wow. I was trying just to survive. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I was as about, about as useful as a, a nativity scene donkey, you know, and that's what it would have looked like, you know, sitting in a... That, but, that's, but that's what I had to do, like, yeah. to get back into it. When you decided you were done for good, was it um, was it very, very difficult? Uh, my, my, my last year, like, I mean, so that was 2005 that that happened. One, It happened once, and there's games I'd probably been hung over, but as I went into January of 2006, I had an awful concussion, and then that got mixed with alcohol, but what, as I said, you, you talk about getting, like, slapped uh, for everything, yeah. I lose my sister from sudden cardiac death oh in God. June of that year, oh, and I'm still an alcoholic. And then when I decide to, I'm, they, like, I, I was already going away. Like, I called the league, said I need help, and they said, "What do you want to do?" And I said, "Oh, I, actually, in where I work in Moonlight, you know, to, to 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 brand is Karen Treatment Facility in Warnersville, Pennsylvania, which is one of the best in the entire world. It's 50 miles outside of Philadelphia. So I went in there with today, today still the highest recorded." Blood alcohol level, the history of blood alcohol. Are you levels. kidding? I was a point six three. Oh my oh. god! <laughs> you should have been dead. And, and I and, and here's the part: like anyone tell you this, I was walking, talking, and standing without a slur. Wow! Yeah. Without a stagger. Right. So that's how far, how sick I'd become that I was actually on a complete maintenance of <sighs> vodka. People, you're dead at a point three five, right? Yeah. Every day, yeah. Point four, you're gone. Yeah. yeah. And these people, like I remember the nurse. She said, "I got to call the league." Like she and I looked at her. I said, "You okay?" Yeah, like she looked like she was gonna have like go into like have a stroke or something. Of course. Yeah. Wow. So you really needed assistance. It would have been dangerous for you to try and and, and quit that on your own. I couldn't have. Yeah, I you couldn't, couldn't have. have done that. And people don't realize yeah. that you, people die. Yeah, you from, can die from, from, from being that far yeah. along. And Casey, you, you've mentioned this. And people make that mistake and they try to do it. It's it's happened often where people will die from the withdrawal from the seizure. Well, it's yeah. like the, the old adage is if you throw ten. Uh, you know, 10 addicts in a room alone. Yeah. You throw five heroin addicts and five alcoholics in a room and you come back in three days, you'll have five really angry heroin addicts and you'll have three dead alcoholics. Right, oh. right. And that's wow. that's because of the withdrawals. Yeah. So that's what people understand. They say, well, why is an alcoholic drink again? That's why. Yeah. When you've gotten too far down the rabbit hole, there's no other way. Huh. Except to chase the rabbit back out of the hole. It's wow, a, it's amazing. Yeah. So you decide, and, and you said at the top of the interview, uh, you know, Chris, that you were uh, you're, you were exposing yourself and 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 putting all this out there. Um, are you? And and this might be the, the the wrong words to use, but is there any? Did you include things that you were ashamed of in this book, and 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 use that as a reason to just get it out there to 
to to release that and and have it out for all to see. I think there's a lot of things you have to do privately, you know. And I think yeah. there's certain things. You know, I, I I was here a long time, and as I said, you know, I think I've I've carried a good reputation through the city. I mean, like I always tell people, I, I, last year was after a lockout. It was a year where I don't even know if guys knew where we we're coming or going yeah. in terms of hockey. But my first 10, 11 years, like when I was here, I was focused. I was a dedicated hockey player. Uh, yeah, and I you know I partied along the journey. I part been part of that culture. Uh, but for me, you know, the, you know who I owed the most to was my family. You know, mm. at the time, and, and other people and friends and anybody that I wronged. I don't have a lot of crazy stories. I don't have like a, a million little things book. Right. But I could probably put together a, a thousand little things. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But but you know again, it, but that that that's a journey, and everyone yeah. has a journey. You know, like every you know, it's like Casey has one that we don't know, and so I decided to take the best parts that will inspire people, and I think okay. the best part with the book for me, it's it it is it. I slap myself as hard as anybody in the book because I have to. But I think also for people that are struggling with this, I, I think this book, if you read it and use it, it can get you across the finish line and keep you there. Okay. Or when, when going over the stories of your life, Chris, did you um, what were your thoughts about including people's names, talking about other players? I mean, uh, Craig Ruby does the forward. So yeah. they, obviously some, pe- some players and coaches have contributed to the book. Did, did you have to say, hey, I'd like to tell this story. I want to make sure you're okay with it. Yeah, you know what? I... I uh, there's, there's only a few guys. Like, there's a lot of guys. I have a, a lot of positive things to say about a lot of guys. Um, you know, Claire, I went into Johnny and me. were roommates for a lot of years. I mean, that was, you know, you could have put a video on that. It would have been epic, <laughs> epic television. Uh, you know, I had, to, I had to talk about Eric. Um, yeah. Just from a standpoint of, you know, my years. I played a lot of years with Eric. And yeah. uh, so I think, you know, to to written a book and talked about that stage and, you know, all that went into it. Um yeah, there's some names like Barubi, and there's a lot of like I, with Philadelphia. I mean, I went into Clark, I went into Ed Snyder, uh, just about what those people meant to me as well. But uh, you know, I think really at the end of the day, like you know, when I look at the book and the hockey thing, I think the best part about it for me is that ultimately it happened in Philadelphia, huh. and I don't think that I, my journey of recovery would be would be the same if it were somewhere else. It's interesting. I have yeah. to compliment your chapter names. Um, here's a few: Sex and the Road City. <laughs> Wasted Away in Margaritaville, mm. Last Dance with Mary Jane, Behind the 88 Ball, <laughs> yeah. On a Tear with LeClaire. These are great. Did you come up with all those? No, actually, Wayne Fish did most of them. And, okay. I, and Wayne, and Wayne was, an, was a writer that's been the old, longest tenured writer for the Flyers. And when he asked me, he was just great to work with. But, you know, he said, he, I voiced it, so that's how they do it. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going <laughs> to make it look like I put pen to paper. I voiced it. Uh, and he said, you know what's really funny, uh, Chris, because it kind of wrote itself. And I just kind of laid it out what you were what you were voicing in a lot of ways to me that still seems a difficult thing is is you know because there uh you know you're you're, you're you are a great guy and you got you know you, you have a, a good sense about yourself and we all have issues that we deal with sure and i think sometimes i mean even though you you're a high, had a high profile uh, and have a high profile uh presence in the city there's a, it, uh, most people are kind of like oh, I'm, I'm prattling on about myself you know but how how did was that difficult or did you you know did you have to Work your way uh, into that. You know, I, again, it was it was it was honesty, and I think there's times where I had to take a deep look in the mirror. Yeah. But for me too, there's no you can't put a book like this out and let yourself off the hook, right? You know, like there that's and, and ultimately for me to be able to help others and to be able to explain this, like I'm doing right now, that's where the honesty part comes in. So I couldn't really take a full. Uh, you know, to give myself a, a breather on any of it just would not have made it the book it is. With the other players, as Nick, Nick brought up, you you know, there's there's something, and we talk about it here, um, you know, um, the, <laughs> we on this show through the years that we've been on share a thing that no one else can understand. So, and it's the mm. same with you and your, unless you are in the same 
profession can understand and then also understand being part of a unit. And so uh, with that, I, would, you, would you describe you know, this, your, your relationship with the other players, especially the names you were mentioning, as very familial, as, as more family? I, I would say so. I mean, like a guy like uh, like a Craig Berube or Luke Richardson. I mean, we, you know, those those are guys that you know like you go in the battle with, right? So yeah. as you were a unit, you're you're on the ice. But I also think when I talk like about Craig Berube, this is a guy that I you know I party with, I drank with, you know, we played together, right? But he's also a guy that was there for me, you know, when I needed him as well. It seems it's, it's that's the vibe I get, especially with hockey, and I agree. I, I, that's the sport I, I love to to watch in person, and, and yeah. Um, but the, there, there seems to be that, and obviously all the sports have that some level. I just, I, I sense it a lot with hockey. Do you think it's exceptional or is it the kind of the norm in any professional sport? I think it's completely exceptional with hockey. There's okay. a real brotherhood and a brother. And I think that guys look out for each other and, and, and that's, a, that, I, I feel that more than any other sport. You know, I have, um, um, you know, I, my daughter's boyfriend is an Indianapolis Colts lineman. Huh? And there's two, you know, I talked to her or him. There's two teams. There's a defensive team and yep. the offensive side of the ball, right? Yeah. So he's only really knows the guys on the <laughs> offense because they're never really sitting on the bench together. Yeah. But hockey's a total group. You're a group on the ice. You play with every single guy in the ice, and then you go back into the room, and then you go to the bars together, and yeah. then you get on the planes and the buses together. Yeah. And you're doing that. That's a very difficult thing for professional athletes when it comes to an end. Yeah. Well, there's there's a strange uniqueness to the game as well because you can be uh, you can be battling against someone else, literally fist fighting yes. with someone, and then they're your teammate, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that dynamic changes. And you guys can seem to now listen. I'm sure there's personal stuff that happens along the line, but. Uh, but you guys seem to be able to shake that off and uh, and and have friendships. Guys go to the box all the time, or they played together before, and they have a fight. I don't know if it doesn't have as much, but I used to be like, get, you know, minor two guys would get in, and they look down, and go, okay, great fight. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know, we'll have a beer after each after the game at uh, crazy. You know, the martini bar. It's such a unique sport. <laughs> yeah. I want to ask you about the the current team because um, it's a, it's a tough slug, right? They're not great. Uh, I think that if you ask the players, they would probably give you the. Uh, PC answer, but um, they're just not a great team overall. I, I'm still a fan. I'll, I'll root for them until the day I die. Um, I thought last night was probably their best game of the season. Uh, the Avs are banged up, but they're still the Stanley Cup champs, and the, and yeah. the team played really well. Uh, the one thing, or one of the things that gives me hope about the current Flyers is John Tortorella. I think that he brings players like Travis Konechny and makes them better automatically. Konechny's killing penalties now. He's out on the pe- uh, penalty kill and the power play. So what are your thoughts about where the Flyers are now and maybe, hopefully, where they're going? I think Torts has been pretty honest, and I like that hiring in the summer uh, when they got him. The problem is, is I, you know, the fans, this is a, it's, it's, things are so different right now and, and, and where the, from where the Flyers are at and where the fan base is, is has been. Um, this is a team, clearly, I think that Torts has said we're trying to find what we want to keep moving in. I, I think he understands. You get a good win last night against Colorado, it's going to happen. You're going to outwork the team. Their goaltender wasn't as good as Carter Hart was last night, so the Flyers ended up getting a good win. McKinnon gets hurt in the first period, which helps. We'll take that all day long. But Torts is a guy that's going to try to maximize every single player's efforts and what he puts out there. Uh, he's gotten Kevin Hayes, as we were saying last week on, on uh, Snow the Goalie podcast, I do, that he's, um, you know, he's got a point of game. I mean, Torts has somehow found a way to get, get him to point a game. Konechny's another one. You know, so how do you maximize these guys? Are you going to cave and move them on? But, you know, things, I, I think the team in general, they work hard every single night. It was a huge win against Colorado. Uh, and I think right now what you're trying to do is find the young guys that are worth something, you know, as you move into the future. And then you're going to be, you're probably at the end of the year going to be able to have another high draft pick. 
you add that to the fray. But this is clearly, as I've said before, they call it a retool. I still think it's a rebuild because you're, if you're talking about finding what young guys you want to keep, that is a rebuild. It seems like it seems like it's been the case for a while, and they've, they've been looking for that magical mixture, and it seems like it has to be that way. I think that's the only option left. Do you, do you believe that? I, I totally yeah. do. I, I, and again, like there's a process to do it. And there's a process where you can keep your fans happy. The one thing when I uh, that I you know last year I'd go down to the, to the center and it felt like there was it was like a new thing almost mm-hmm. like this is not what I remembered. The building was half full some nights. Yeah, uh, there was you know more focus on things like re- newer relics and things that I think fans just want. Like here, fans like I just want to listen to the organ and talk to the guy next to me, <laughs> but. That's Flyers hockey, right? There's a lot of old school in this town. It's a different market than anywhere else. I mean, I've seen every city, uh, you know, in the country in terms of sports and what their buildings look like. Very few of them have the passion and the care that a Philadelphia fan has for their Flyers hockey. Like, they're, they're hardcore. You know, you know, it's funny. It's just in ha- by happenstance last night, I got, I got a message on my phone. It was somebody from the Flyers organization going, see, see you've purchased tickets in the past. Oh, what what?" What do you like about the team? Like, oh. like kind of like, and I've never got like the call a like, like a survey. Huh. What you know? What do you see for improvement? And just a general question. I'm like, well, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. They're they're doing a lot of better things with yeah. the building and 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 getting back to some of the stuff of the past. It's hard. I understand new people come in, they want to make their changes and 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 put their handprint on it. Um, but sometimes things are better left alone. The one thing I will say, the Wells Fargo Center looks amazing yeah, inside. I mean, the whole club level's unreal. The suites are redone. The building's great, you know. And I think fans, you know, I was there. I was there last week for the game. It was, um, it was Tampa. Tampa Bay had a really good night. You know, the two teams in Colorado. You get the champion in the right. previous one, and the Flyers look like a different team against Tampa. But you know, I think the one thing I complained about last year, guys, was effort. Yeah. And, and I didn't see some nights it was awful. Like even the coach I was here said, "Man, it would have been hard to have any great coach try to account for this team climbing the standings. He couldn't do it." Uh, but something with torts, I have a feeling it's going to, you know, we're going to kind of shake some of the stuff off this year and continue into the future. They're going to have another high pick, and the kid they drafted in the draft last year, Cutter Gochi, I think he's going to be a real good player. So there's things on the horizon. Every team, I will tell you, uh, goes through the ebbs and flows of this. I just, I'm for, fortunate for Philadelphia, it's been a little longer lasting than, we, than we'd like. Right, right. Just tuning in, Chris Terry, and his book is called Road to Redemption. I wanted to ask on something you, you just touched on briefly at the beginning, Chris. You talked about the drama of uh, the late 90s, the early 2000s, <laughs> all that stuff that was going on. What do you think? And, and it was, and I remember that, all, all that stuff that was going on and, and reading in the papers of this and that, and this person says that and so on. Uh, how do you think that dynamic would be if you added social media into the uh, into the mix, like if Crossing Broad existed when you were playing, or even the players had their own yeah. account, I would have. Well, yeah. I would have yeah. had a ghost account. I would have spent a little bit of stuff. <laughs> Live from the locker room. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, because there were you know we we had to read it in the paper. Uh, it was it know. was uh, it was almost at a point where you know like you have like Tim Panaccio come in and then you know Clarky would be lingering around. I mean, it, you know, Lindros was. It was just it was on. It, it honestly, God, there was days it felt like a soap opera, and you'd get off the ice and you get your workout in or whatever after. And I remember just leaving. It, it was almost for the players. It got old. Okay, oh, that, and that's yeah. what I was wondering if yeah. it if it was uh, if it was just like I I don't have time to deal with this. I, I don't. Know? I mean, you're you're, yeah. try, you're just trying to you're trying to have a good game. You're yeah. trying to keep your your focus and. I don't think anybody in any kind of pro sports world. I mean, I, I guess the newest thing, that I, and it, it kind of started and ended quick, would be like the Tom Brady thing this year, right? With the, right. With the divorce. And, yeah. Right. Uh, but that happened. It was over with, and he's back playing football. But 
and that's in the world of social media. Yeah. But when I, when you guys make a great point. Like, I don't know what that would have looked like <laughs> in the late 90s. It would have been a mess. Man. It would have been I mean, it already was, but, yeah, yeah it would have been crazy. Um, do, you, do you cover, because we just got the book, and I haven't had a chance to, to go through it yet, but um, uh, how much of your, uh, your early life is, is covered in this and, and coming up? Because, you know, the, the likelihood of a kid who likes hockey, who learns to play, of them making to the elite level is just so minuscule. Yeah, and you got all the way there. You know what? And it was that's the hardest part of my journey. Yeah. I was uh, one of those bullied kids in school. Mm. Had a really difficult time. You know, I was, it's a great one of my great stories in the book was uh, when I was fourteen. Uh, the the double A team they didn't have triple A then. The double A team that I played with all those years, mm. I got cut from uh, my age group. So they said, "Well, go play with the double A team the year ahead of you." And so they brought my dad on as an assistant coach. They cut me again. Oh. My dad is the assistant. So what? This is the best. Right? Like you can't make this up. Wow. So what do I do? I come home. I'm like, I can't even make a team. My dad's the assistant coach. <laughs> oh, no. And he didn't even know. And I'm like, this is like, I mean, this oh, is bad. So I quit hockey. Oh wow. And I skied with the my local high school in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. I skied for one year, four nights a week. And I'd get back, and, and that's all I did. I did not skate for 365 days. I tell hockey parents that now. I know Nick's laughing kind of, but they're like, I'm like, I didn't play for a year at 14. I'm like, no, you didn't. That's not true. Yeah. I'm like, that's true. Wow. <laughs> they can't conceive in their head right, right. that you can actually, like, because, you know, little Johnny's at the rank nine hours a day now. Yeah. And that just didn't happen. Did well, that strengthen your legs up a little bit? You, you know, I don't, it, what it did was it refueled my motor. Okay. And so for every kid that I felt or when I was wronged, I used that motivation. And my dad got me out of Ottawa. Like, huh. he sent me to Lake Placid to Northwood Prep School, which was a totally uh, different route that anybody in Canada would take at the time. Mm. Now there's NHL guys whose kids go to Northwood. But oh, my yeah. dad sent me there in 87. And that's where everything changed for me. I, wow. I was 5'8 and fat. I became 6'3 and lean. <laughs> wow. Overnight. I, I want to bring up a point that Steve has made several times on the show. Is that, like, when you go through these types of uh, trials and tribulations, it... Um, for for better or worse, it ends up making you who you are, right? So uh, you, the fact that you got cut when your dad was the assistant coach. Yeah. My, my brother um, played hockey throughout high school, and uh, he was cut as a freshman he was, when he was 14, probably the same age, 14 or 15 years old. By the time he was a senior at Conestoga High School, he became the captain of the team, of the hockey team. He wouldn't have become the captain had he not been cut as a freshman, right? So it, he, And he had to be pushed, and, and now the person that he is is in large part because of the, that journey that he went through in high school. One of the, one of the best endings and stories or i think i think it's in there so i'm at a hockey tournament four years ago and the coach that cut me is now watching in toronto watching his grandson play against my son ah right so i saw him and he's there he's my dad's age nice yeah. man yeah i'm up to him and said i'm mr h how you doing chris terry of course he knows who i am yeah. now right <laughs> i said i have to tell you i owe you everything wow. for the man i am today yeah thank you Oh, that's cool. Wow. And to know it, to and, be in a place and, where you and know he that. didn't even know what to say because it, it was like kind of like a backhanded compliment. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you sh- and, and and now like when you ask a parent and people that know, they said like one of the biggest jokes in the history of minor hockey in Ottawa was a kid like Chris Terry getting cut from a team like that. Yeah. Yeah. There's so yeah. much politics that go into it and garbage. That's yeah. wild, yeah. And 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 so for me to look at an almost eight-year-old man <laughs> and say thank you. You know what? You should have just hit him once. Yeah. <laughs> Check him in on the boards. But right. It's a funny ending story to it, but he's a nice yeah. guy, and, yeah. and you know what? I hold no animosity. It, it, the road worked out how it worked out. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And, life, and life life happened. It, it on worked its own. out how it yep. was supposed to work out. Correct. And, you know, and you're yeah. doing great. Uh, Chris Terrian's book is called Road to Redemption. Uh, best way for people to get it, I see Triumph Books. Uh, Tri- yeah, Triumph Books. Amazon seems to be a, Amazon. A, a really, really yeah. big uh, a big one. At, um, is I was selling a audio version? What's that? Is it an audio version? There's an audio version, yeah. yeah. So they actually had, uh, they actually, that was a good one too. They said, you we have uh, a couple people that we'd like to do the audio book, and one of them did Wayne Gretzky's book. Hmm. Like, well, if you did Gretzky's book, you could do this. One. Yeah. <laughs> nice, excellent. Well, uh, congratulations, Chris. Thanks, Thanks for coming guys. by. We appreciate it. great talk to you, Chris Terrian, yeah. guys. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. This is Steve Show, and we shall take a quick break and come right back. Stay with us, friends. WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Christmas Miracle, the Miller Lite Ugly Sweater Edition, Wednesday, December 21st at the Excite Center inside Parks Casino in Ben Salem. At stake, some of the coolest prizes, gadgets, and gifts from our winter wonderland of clients and sponsors. Including Adventure Aquarium, Nebraska Brazilian Steakhouse, and Stephen Ear Jewelers. Want to be a part of the studio audience? Check WMMR.com for details. And don't forget to dress to, um, impress. Our judges will pick their favorite ugly sweater to score great prizes from Miller Lite. Preston and Steve's Christmas Miracle. Oh, it's a Christmas Miracle! 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks your holidays. And that's your final look at traffic on 93.3 WMMR. All right. Thank you, Marissa. And hopefully that's your last traffic report of the week so we can get our... Holiday activities yes. tomorrow. Yeah. Of all weeks for Kathy to be out. Yeah, I, I mean, holiday It's all good, but thank you for filling in of case uh, we do get her back tomorrow. But you never know. Might be a return of the Marissa Magnata yeah. traffic <laughs> extravaganza. Disaster extravaganza, no. whatever you want to call it. All right. Um, we do have Bizarre File Stories. Let's go. No. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre File. All right, it's brought to you by Zane Western Apparel and Work Gear on Route 40 in Piles Grove, New Jersey. They have all the top brand names for less online at Zane Western Agam. All right, so uh, this is a pretty wild story. A young man's fake Tinder persona of an attractive blonde woman was so convincing he managed to persuade an active police officer to hand over his patrol car and body armor to him. Sure. This was in New Zealand. Tyler Wariri uh, Tatera, who was then 23 years old and long fascinated with police, used the car and vest in an elaborate sex money scam, swindling tens of thousands of dollars in total from three victims. Why did you loosen your bullets? uh, They bought him iPhones, a car, and at least one case (sighs) had sex with him. Court documents tell the story of an easily bored young man skilled at using superficial charm and deceit to create chaos. A New Zealand case follows another case of deceit overseas that involved the same dating app, and that would have been the Tindler Swindler. The Tindler Swindler. Yeah, remember that? Tindler Swindler, yeah. Uh, it was on uh, Netflix. But uh, uh, Tatera's relationship with his first victim named in court documents as Miss H., was a farce from the start. They met on Tinder for nine months. He fooled her into thinking that he was a police dog handler and in an undercover role. Oh, man. To solidify his act, 
He sent her photos and videos of himself in a police uniform. It's not clear how he got that uniform, but photos of police staff, police cars, and inside of police stations as well as audio from a police radio. He also told her that he owned multiple properties and a business called Empire Capitals, sending her emails from a fictional assistant called Mark and calling himself Lord. <laughs> as part of his wow, as part of his business Lord. business advice, uh, Tatera convinced her to buy a car for him in her name, saying that it would increase her credit score. She also bought him an iPhone after he said he couldn't buy it himself because he had business disputes. Uh, He eventually returned the car, beat up and needing costly repairs. He never returned the phone. The pair had a romantic relationship between January and September of 2020. He then struck again shortly after that, this time as a woman, using photos stolen from a former policewoman's social media, including a uniform. He created the Tinder profile of an alluring blonde called Tori and started messaging the second victim, an active police officer who was known in court as Mr. L. Now, Mr. L brought a marked patrol vehicle to Auckland, New Zealand, and handed it to Tatera, thinking that he was uh, the girl's colleague, Tori's colleague. Uh, you know Tori? Tatera had the car for about four hours that first time and managed to get the police uh, car a second time uh, later the same month. Uh, Tori had told Mr. L the listening device did not work and they needed the car again. I don't know what the listening device thing was. but Can you bring me a bazooka? Uh, later that month, uh, Mr. L handed over his spare body armor vest... <laughs> Again, under the ruse. Is he going to need that? Of Tori's undercover work to insert a listening device in it for placement at a police station. What the hell does that mean? Uh, like the first victim, Mr. L was scammed into buying an iPhone for Tori as well, who said her wealthy father's board members uh, did not want her to have a personal phone or social media for fear of getting it back. Uh, Tatera returned the police car, but not the vest. Much later, he told police uh, after his arrest that getting the patrol car was worth it for the thrill of driving it alone. Yeah. So he, he there's similar stories that go. The story went on and on and it's on. It's amazing but, that people are duped. But he scammed a cop yeah. car and vest from a police officer. That's crazy. So I thought it was worth putting in the bizarre file. All right, this is a terrible story. Uh, a family in Pomona is mourning the loss of their dog after they say it was shot dead by a neighbor over the weekend. Listen to what happened. So the family say canine, that's the name yeah. of their dog, was an eight-year-old uh, lab mix, was shot dead Sunday. The family had just moved into the Pomona neighborhood two weeks ago. They say canine was chasing a squirrel and followed the animal into their neighbor's yard. The neighbor came out of the house, shot the dog three times. Oh, just came out and killed the dog. Marlon Caballero said that he begged the neighbor to let him re- uh, to retrieve the dog in an effort to save him, but the neighbor refused. He said, I'm pleading with the neighbor, hey, please let me get my dog. Let me have my dog. I can save him if you let me get my dog. He went back in the house, called 911, but not before he heard more gunshots. He said the guy went back. Uh, he-, he goes to the back of his yard, unloads another at least six rounds from the revolver that I saw that he had. Wow. And from right there, I just broke, it broke my heart. How could somebody do that to a dog? The family got the police involved. They filed a restraining order against the neighbor. The neighbor is facing charges of animal cruelty and discharging a firearm in a public area. Uh, he's doing court next month. And the, the guy said, I bought this property solely for my dog to be able to run around freely. And for this to happen is unimaginable. I hope they throw the book at that guy so hard. That is just ridiculous. In Indiana... A possible bomb threat at a residence in Marshall County was found out to be a novelty alarm clock. Oh, my God. (laughs) The fire department was dispatched Tuesday afternoon for the incident. The police department bomb squad was also called. It's okay. It's just a toy. 
According to the sheriff's office, the residence was vacant and listed for sale when a potential buyer saw what was described as several sticks of dynamite with a switch wired to it inside of the home. The item was found to be a fake novelty item believed to be an alarm clock. You know, so. that's that would actually be a cool alarm clock. It would be. Yeah, yeah. So the bomb squad eventually cleared the scene and nobody's in trouble and nobody got hurt. <laughs> Uh, a two-year-old girl is recovering after being attacked by a coyote fr- yeah. Friday afternoon in front of her house in Los Angeles. This is wild footage. Ariel Eliahol uh, said that uh, his daughter, Aria, uh, had been uh, had, had had multiple rabies shots uh, after the attack, which happened after he had brought his children home from daycare. Video from a ring security camera shows a coyote run up to uh, and grab Aria and start dragging her in these uh, around in the seconds before her father uh, could react. He said, I heard her scream. I thought she fell down. I ran immediately to see what was going on, and I saw the coyote attack her. I picked her up in my arms and tried to make the coyote go away. And this is in daylight. Yeah, you can uh, hear other people screaming off camera. Once his daughter was in his arms, the father tried to shoo the coyote away and then threw a water bottle at it as it ran. He took his daughter inside, picked up a board, and walked after the coyote. Uh, he said that his wife saw blood on their daughter's pants, so they rushed her to the hospital uh, where she got multiple rabies shots. He said his daughter is doing better, but both of his children uh, were scared by the experience. There was another uh, video. I didn't see the story, but I saw it on the news of a coyote that was attacking a five-year-old girl on the front porch. Oh. And the mom just grabbed that yeah. thing by the scruff and yanked it off there, and she's holding the daughter with one arm and the coyote with the other one. <laughs> Did you see the story about the sheepdog? Yes, I'm going to have that in tomorrow's right. Bizarre oh, File, yeah. friends. So Amazing. we will do that. And that is what I have in this Bizarre File for you now. All right, let's take a quick break. Come back in a second. We'll have our lesson question, our trash, our music news, and a concert announcement to share with you when we get back. Stay with us. If you like what you hear, you can see it, too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on PrestonandSteve.com. Celebrate the coziest season with Acme. They're bringing all the fall flavors to you. From pumpkin everything to caramel apples and all your seasonal favorites. Make the most of fireside dinners, game-winning touchdowns, and warm family gatherings. Acme's here to help you spice, season, and savor every moment. You'll find fresh inspiration, chef-curated recipes, on-demand cooking classes, and more just waiting to be enjoyed. So slow down and fall into flavor at acmemarkets.com slash fall. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Uh, a Tuesday morning that's flying right by. Yes. We'll give away our Tattoos Day prize in a little bit as we get to the end of the program. We have a few other things to do. Uh, one of those is ask a lesson question of you and give away a prize in conjunction with that. And let's go ahead and dive into it now. So the question we will ask this morning, uh, by the way, the prize is four pack of tickets to Elmwood Park Zoo's favorite family tradition, which is wild lights. And the question we will ask this morning is, according to E.T., what is the name of E.T.'s home planet? <laughs> Not the one that was in the promotional t- no. material for the movie. According to E.T. himself, what is the name of E.T.'s home planet? If you heard that earlier this morning, call now. 215-263-WMMR is the number. While you call, we will do the trash. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR. 
with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right, this morning, brought to you by Family and Company Jewelers. You can fill her stocking with a gift that she'll be showing off all year long. Visit them on Route 70 in Malta, New Jersey. Or online at FamilyJewelers.com, South Jersey's Holloway Dime, Holiday Diamond Destination. What's up this morning, Steve? Well, Aerosmith had to call off their Friday night show in Las Vegas after Steven Tyler fell ill. The band's spokesman says it's nothing to be alarmed about and that Steven is just going through menopause. Oh. <laughs> A recent sports betting commercial featuring Drew Brees appearing to get hit by lightning has enraged a lightning strike survivors organization. The organization has also drawn support from another group, which champions victims of pianos rigged with dynamite. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, the bodybuilder known as the Liver King, because he was sworn that uh, a diet of raw liver and not steroids was making him huge, has had to admit that he has, in fact, been using steroids. Brian Johnson says that he had known, had he known he would eventually get discovered, he would have labeled himself the Haagen-Dazs King. Yeah. (laughs) We're looking for an answer to the question. According to E.T., what's the name of E.T.'s home planet? 215-263-WMMR. And our first caller in was Dave. So we'll go to Dave. Hey, Dave, good morning. Eugene! Dave! Eugene! Dave, what is the name of E.T.'s home planet, please, sir? I'm going to go with Queef Splat. Queef Splat. That's correct. Hang on, Dave. You've got yourself a four-pack of tickets to Elmwood Park Zoo's favorite family tradition, Wild Lights. The holidays are bright with dazzling light displays. Illuminated animals and live entertainment at Elmwood Park Zoo's Wild Lights. Info and tickets at epzwildlights.com. All right, let us get into music news. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. Brought to you this morning by Manhattan Bagel. You can treat everyone on your list to a gift that's always in good taste. A gift card for Manhattan Bagel. And you can buy a $20 gift card and get $5 free for a limited time at ManhattanBagel.com. ManhattanBagel.com. Participating locations only. Uh, we'll do our concert announcement at the end of this. Yes. Is that okay with you guys? Seems only appropriate. All right. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers have rolled out their 2023 global tour dates in support of the two new albums, Unlimited Love and Return of the Dream Canteen. The North American Run kicks off in Vancouver, uh, March 29th. Final date uh, on this side of the Atlantic, uh, set for May 25th at Houston's Minute Maid Park. They're not coming anywhere near here. They're going to head to Europe uh, throughout June and July. Europe? We'll have to wait and see where they land after that, but uh, yeah, they're going to be in uh, Minnesota, New York, California, Arizona, Texas, and so on. Uh, Supporting the Chili Peppers at assorted gigs will be such heavyweights as Iggy Pop, The Strokes, The Roots, St. Vincent, Thundercat, The Mars Volta, and City and Color. Uh, So they'll be popping up in different locations. What is this? Europe. Oh, Europe. Any chance to play Final Countdown. Touring Europe. So. The, that show was pretty amazing. I went over the summer. The Red Hot Chili yeah, Peppers? So yeah, so if you're like one of those people that likes to travel for a show, maybe this is one of the ones you do. It would warrant it? Yeah, yeah. Strokes opened. It was It was really good. Nice. I want to see Europe. I do, I do too. <laughs> are they still together? I got to believe they are. They are. They just did that Geico commercial a while ago. Um, there was a longer intro on the Europe song than I expected. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like a drone at the beginning. It there. is. That's what it is. Yeah. It's, it's designed to make concert goers have time to figure out whether they actually want to stay. <laughs> 
Coldplay's in the studio working on new music. The band tweeted Monday, Hello, everybody. I hope you're all doing really well. Here, hey! Here are some things I love at the moment. We are in the studio. And according to the list, the band is currently into music from RM. RM? Yeah. Um, Randy Macho Man <laughs> is what that's short for. Uh, Erica Badu, uh, Bakya. Oh, um, wait a second. What? All right, so I says, okay, Erica, oh, there, all right, that's the list. It, yes. Okay, it, it's yep. RM, Yun. Yun featuring Erica Badu. There we go. Uh, and then Erica Badu with Tyrone Live. So anyway, uh, the 1975 inhaler, uh, Kyoka and Stormy's or Stormy Z. Uh, so if you're into what Coldplay is into, mm. there Jibbers. you go. I think uh, RM Steve is uh, uh, K-pop. Is that right? Yeah. Huh. But now you're know. talking my language. Yeah. RM has got this song called Topic with uh, Erica Badu. Okay. I didn't and, even know that. Yeah. Well, he's a big uh, he's a big uh, K-pop fan. Yes. Coldplay? Yeah. Chris Martin? Chris Martin. He did, yep. the, he did that song with uh, Jung Cook? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you know all this is great. I, uh, on, no- on November 30th, Evanescence's uh, Fallen album was certified diamond by the RIAA for sales and streams of <laughs> 10 million units in the United States. And uh, when asked if there were any plans for the band to commemorate uh, Fallen's 20th anniversary uh, next year, Amy Lee said, uh, I do have an idea. It's going to take a little bit of work, but I think it probably won't be what everybody expects. I think everybody just says, oh, why don't you just do a show that's, you know, like playing uh, the album front to back. Uh, we've been playing so many shows, I'd rather do something that to me, and then she goes on and says, I don't know. Tractor pull. I uh, said, I don't want to give it away in case it doesn't work out. Maybe I'll do nothing. Uh, expect nothing. And then if I do something, you'll be really, really grateful. And then she laughed. So I don't know what she's up to. Uh, Ghost 2019 B-side track, Mariana Cross, has officially uh, been certified gold due to major success on TikTok. Uh, A fan-made edit of the song made its way on the social media app earlier this year. And as a result, the band released their own slowed plus reverb version of the track. Uh, As of September 22nd, the song was the band's most streamed song. Uh, with over 204 million It's wild because these songs will get uh, chopped up and used as background on TikTok videos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, and then they become wildly popular because of that. Yep, exactly. All right, um, concert announcement. All right. Are we going to play some songs from this band when yeah. I announce this? I got uh, them over here, bro. You got them over there? If it's Europe, you're all set. No, no, we're oh. going beyond that. Uh, MMR Rocks, a show that is going to be at the Keswick Theater, a St. Patrick's Day show. Yeah. March 17th with Steel Panther. Yeah. How about that? Going to a St. Patrick's Day show. That's perfect. With Steel Panther. Oh my God, it is so much fun. Uh, also on the bill will be Crobot. What? Yeah. We love those guys. And uh, yeah. play the MMRBQ and. Oh, my God, I have to go to this. A band called Tragedy. They are a heavy metal Bee Gees tribute band. And they will be supporting Steel Panther. I need to see this show. Uh, So tickets will go on sale Friday at 10 a.m. And uh, if you listen to Sarah, who's going to be in for Brent this week, 
Uh, she's going to have your chance to win tickets on air. So make sure that you tune in in the afternoon uh, to get those tickets. So again, St. Patrick's Day. The Keswick Theater, it's the On the Prowl World Tour with Steel Panther. And don't forget, that's Friday, March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. Uh, tickets go on sale this Friday. Uh, opening acts, Crobot and The Tragedy, a heavy metal BG's tribute band. It's awesome. And if you want to, you just get the complete details. You're in your car or whatever. Uh, when you get a chance, just text the word Panther to 39333. And there's a pre-sale that's going to be happening on Thursday and you'll have another chance to win tickets that way as well. Or maybe as you're driving, take your eyes off the road and just with one hand... Oh, no, that's probably not the way. Do the text thing. Yeah, no, yeah. Don't worry about that. All right. And with that... Oh, is this their cover version of... Yeah. That's right. I forgot they it's did... It's actually a, good. They did a straight cover version yeah. of uh, Don't Stop Believing. Here, here we'll go. Just a small town girl Living in a lonely world I love this band. Yeah. We recently uh, turned some friends on to them that were not familiar with them, and that's a little journey when you play. <laughs> uh, speaking of journey, right. when, when you play Steel Panther for someone who's never listened to their lyrics before, and you have to go, okay, so listen, it's a parody yes. of what 90s heavy metal was, and that's what this is. Yeah. These are great guys. But this material is as vulgar as you could possibly get and wrong in so many ways. But they're super nice guys, and they are entertaining as hell. They're absolutely hilarious. All right, let's take a break. We shall come back in a moment, wrap up the program, give away our Tattoos Day prize, and more stay with us. Love MMR? Buy some gear. Check out the rock shop at WMMR.com. It's fancy. No, it's, it's not. Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic solitaire Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com fancy now back with more of the preston and steve show podcast brings us to the end of our show here on the preston and steve show a uh, bit of a downer looking day weather-wise although mild temperature-wise that's not too bad but we're gonna get rain uh off and on pretty much all day long it's gonna lead into tomorrow morning the high today of about 55 and then tomorrow's high uh close to 60 they're saying 59 i'll call that 60 <laughs> Uh, and then partly cloudy on Thursday, high 53. We're good. We have clouds the next few days. So. Good day to go uh, meatball picking. Ooh. Oh, yeah. And the meatballs yeah. are fresh and ripe <laughs> and ready to just pop right off of there. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, I want to thank our guest in the studio this morning, Mr. Chris Terry. Yay! Former flyer, broadcaster, super nice guy, and uh, loves to talk. Yeah. And, He's got a book, and it's about his life, and it is called Chris Terrian Road to Redemption. Um, he overcame some serious uh, alcohol addiction issues, mm-hmm. and uh, he's sharing the stories. And uh, he, he will tell the stories, too. Uh, he's a great guy, and it was really cool to have him come by here this morning. Uh, so we thank him for being here. Uh, and that was our only guest for today. That was it. Uh, just reiterating, we had a uh, concert announcement. Steel Panther uh, is playing... <laughs> 
Friday, March 17th at the Keswick Theater. And tickets will go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. So listen uh, to Sarah, uh, who's in for Brent, excuse me, this afternoon, uh, the rest of the week. And she'll have your chance to win tickets. Excellent. Pierre Robert has made it in the studio. Hello. How are you? Fine, thanks. Wonderful. Steel Panther. Just nothing quite like that. I know. I know. I remember uh, they played uh, the Emma Barbecue one year. That was one of two times you joined them. I saw them at the TLA. The, I think the first time you joined them on drums. What's your Steel Panther name? Uh, Tommy Tom Tom Thompson. Right. Yes. <laughs> um, right. And uh, then you also you also joined them on stage at the Emma Barbecue. But other bands that were on the bill were coming out to watch them. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Zach from Shinedown came out. And was just cracking up. I could yeah. see him on the side. I was in the pit, and I could see him on the sidelines just cracking up. And they were, they knew he was watching them, and they were, you know, doing little interactions. It was very cute, very cool. The thing is, they're very competent musicians. They can yeah. shred. Yeah, yeah. Right. Especially Satchel. Yeah. I mean, that guy's a great guitar player. Right. Uh, so, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Crowbot on the bill. What was the other band? The Heavy oh, Metal yeah, something or other? called Tragedy, <laughs> and they're a heavy metal Bee Gees tribute band. Great day in the morning. <laughs> right? Wow. The best. You got to assume they do tragedy, right? Oh, it's I would tragedy. Hope so. Yeah. Uh, shall we do the letter, yes. sir? All right, here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the daily letter. The Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter... E as in Earthling. All right. And we have two letters looking for five, and we're going to give away a prize... Of an Omaha holiday prize package, including a butcher cut, I'm sorry, four butcher cut, eight filet mignons, four boneless pork chops, six air chilled chicken breast, special Omaha seasonings, eight uh, each of their Omaha burgers and hot dogs, uh, plus potato side dish and dessert for four. And you can give the gift of perfectly aged, tender, and delicious Omaha steaks. Use the promo code WMMR at checkout and you can get $30 off minimum order. May be required, and you can go to omahasteaks.com. So that price, oh, yeah. that price heads out on uh, Friday. Did we ever hear back from that guy? Anybody ever reach, reach out, out to him? No, you know what? I never did. All right. Did, you got to so. do that. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is he in um, Silence of the Lambs, too? Did we figure that out? Uh, you, he, I thought you saw him in something else. No. He is a character actor that ended right. up in a ton of stuff at that yeah, time. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, you'd have to look him up. And he's actually, believe it or not, he's good at comedy. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, he's done a few comedy movies. But in that in that particular movie, he's just characters. Just Jerry, so. You ever seen the movie Roadhouse? Uh, I don't think Patrick so. Patrick Swayze, he's a bouncer at the I, Double Deuce. I remember it, Yeah, uh, but I don't believe I saw okay. it. That's what that clip is from. <laughs> cool. It's this guy's, uh, yeah, he's a bit sleazy. And, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be my regular Saturday night thing, baby. Oh, yeah. Here, he's Gary Hudson, uh, Nick, right there. That's his, yeah. Steve, yeah. That's his real name? Uh, yes. And hang on. I want to see what else he's been in since we're just sitting here talking. <laughs> the hell? Uh, all right. Never mind. We yeah. lost the link. Uh, what's happening on your program today, well, Saw? We will have a Tuesday tailgate pack, uh, which consists of a $100 Primo Hoagies gift card. And a case of Michelob Ultra to give away on this Double Shot Tuesday. We'll get into Double Shots. Also, speaking of Double Shots, we will have two pair, one for each night of Metallica, August 4th and 6th. Wow. Uh, coming up, that went on sale last Friday, and it's Metall- It's the 12 days of Metallica. Yes. So at high noon each day, uh, we did it last week, we did it over the weekend, and we're doing it this week. 
And uh, workforce blocks include Aerosmith. Um, Jackson Brown released Running on Empty today, 45 years wow. ago. Wow. Um, believe it or not. Um, he was uh, came by and did a brilliant show last summer at the Man Music Center, which is the perfect place to see someone like him. Uh, and he did a lot of songs from it, including The Loadout and Stay, which is uh, two of my favorites. Does he change out the... Uh, is there Richard Pryor on the video? Does he change it he out? He still or? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he has... Uh, sometimes he'll go, we still got Richard Pryor. <laughs> so that album was written exclusively on the road. Right. Yeah. And I remember one time when I was I was playing in my band and we were in I think it was Evansville, Illinois, or whatever, and somebody was like, dude, you know this hotel? We were staying at like a like a holiday inn. It was yeah. like this is where he wrote one of the songs. And yes. you go to the liner notes, yes. and they indicated where he wrote these songs. And some of them were in hotels so cool. out on tour. Mm. Yeah, and it actually says room number 413, yeah. Holiday Inn. Yeah. 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 yeah, I know. Totally. Uh, so cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. Uh, so that's a, a, an amazing record. And it's Peter Buck's birthday, so we will get into a block of R.E.M. Yay. Yeah. Love that. All right. Thank you, Pierre. Uh, we have to give away our Tattoosday prize right about now. And so we'd like to congratulate... What's oh, a cool name? Lincoln Huntoon. Oh. Lincoln Huntoon? Yeah. Uh, Newark, Delaware. So Lincoln... What you drinking? <laughs> Nothing but tattoo. So we're going to set you up with a $350 gift certificate for Floating World Tattoo and Piercing. Uh, Tattoos Day on the President and Steve Show is presented by Floating World Tattoo and Piercing. 1729 South Street in Philadelphia. For artwork samples, you can visit floatingworldtattoos.com. Or you can check them out on Instagram at Floating World Tattoos. Uh, my buddy Danny always used to say, Lincoln, Lincoln, what you drinking? Looks like bourbon, tastes like wine. Oh, my God, it's turpentine. <laughs> wow. Yep. Love that. That's my middle name, Lincoln. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Say turpentine. Yes. It's turpentine. It's turpentine that way. My mom has been uh, it's smoking weird. a lot. Yeah. My middle name is Petroleum. <laughs> is it? Okay. Yeah. Weird. Another thing we have in common. Yeah, I know. Strange. <laughs> All right. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors. President my middle name is Solar. Is <laughs> All right. Pierre Solar Robert. Yeah. All right. My middle name is Solar. <laughs> I like the Tin Man. Uh, brought to you by Wawa. They have a gift card for anyone on your list. Happy holidays from Wawa. Also brought to you by Duncan. The Preston and Steve Show runs on Duncan. And Acme Markets, fresh foods, local flavors. Tomorrow. What the on- f- was he talking about? <laughs> On this program, uh, Fox Good Day, we will do that. We are also going to have from Screen Crush, Ryan Avery will be uh-huh. on. Uh, is it Avery? Airy. Airy, I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. Ryan Airy. Uh, we'll do the secret text word and, God willing, <laughs> holiday activities tomorrow. <laughs> we shall see. Join us on tomorrow's program. And thank you, Marissa, for everything. That's it. We're done. Ray John, have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow, friend. Bye-bye. WMMR. Hey everybody, it's good to have you on the bat 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 bat